0: Tune in to the Neil Prendiville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM.
1: Because of the demand for staff, that's why you see a story in The Independent this morning saying that workers uh, will be offered pay increases of up to 20% in the private sector um, in a bid to try and attract uh, more talent. Now, it could be averaging anywhere between 5 and 10%. But as high as 20% for people with niche skills. And there's um, an awful shortage now because we're not getting as much international talent coming into the country because of the pandemic apparently and that is putting more upward pressure on wages according to the Irish salary guide that's published this morning and the independent picks up on it Uh, salary increases uh, on the way assuming that employers can afford to pay it I don't know what happens then and then as public sector employers uh, the state will see public sector workers working shorter hours and uh, Leo Varadkar says that uh, it's only fair that they should work shorter apparently because apparently they were working an hour and a half or two hours a week uh, for free because uh, some of them should only be working a 35-hour week and others should only be working a 37-hour week. Um, So a 35-hour week could be on the cars for lots more. But he's saying one concern that he has with public sector workers working less hours is it will have an impact on services. And if we're struggling already within the public sector, whether it's frontline or admin or various departments, and we deal with it on the air all of the time surely that's just going to get worse now and it'll have a more severe impact on services if staff are working less hours and they're not hiring more but we all need to get back to work if that's uh, that's for sure and with that in mind the cabinet will probably sign off this morning on changes to restrictions due to either being a close contact or indeed, indeed being a positive uh, COVID case, and all of the papers have it today. Uh, the Mail this morning sums it up in the first couple of paragraphs. And I'm not going to do it in too much detail because the more you talk about it, the more confusing it comes across. But it will mean that hundreds of thousands of people who are deemed close contacts of COVID would we'll be able to just go back to work when the changes are made today. So it's a big shift. Let's say for instance you have received uh, your uh, your vaccine and your booster. You won't have to uh, isolate if you don't have any symptoms. You'll be asked to do regular antigens, but you'll be just allowed to get on with your life. You might be asked to be very careful with the uh, with mask wearing and things like that. So that's going to be the big change. Close contacts who've received their booster vaccine and who don't have symptoms won't have to isolate. Another change also of interest is that the isolation period for everyone who actually contracts COVID will be cut from the 10 days to seven days. And it won't matter or not whether you've had a booster. So I'm going to say any more than that because the more you go on about it, the more confusing it will sound. But there, some of, there's like two, perhaps three major changes today. uh, And I've outlined them this morning, uh, particularly the no quarantine if triple vaxxed and no symptoms. Uh, Papers also this morning talk of the fact that maybe 500,000 people could have caught the virus in the past week. Such is its prevalence. Um, And that's not just here in Ireland. They're figuring that it could be the case in many European countries that their numbers are much, 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 much higher uh, than, say, for instance, has ever been reported. So the red tops and the courts, the the, uh, papers pick up on that this morning. Uh, Novak Jacob. I mean, he's known as the joker, uh, but I suppose... The joke is kind of wearing off now because uh, he's back in the news, Djokovic, with regards to the form that he filled out um, when he was uh, applying for a visa to come into Australia to play the tennis. Now, um, uh, the papers this morning are saying that he could face jail because of claims that he lied on the visa form. Now. The only thing about this is that he may not have filled the form out himself. Now, it's an online form, and you can do it online, apparently. And it could have been a staff member of his or a team member of his that actually filled it in. Problem being, uh, two things. He didn't answer the, some of the questions Honestly and correctly. One fact that we know is that he did a a media interview the day after he tested positive and didn't say it to anybody. And also, he answered a question Will you be traveling anywhere in the two weeks before you come to Australia? And they ticked the no box to that, but actually went from Spain to Serbia. Uh, back to Spain and then flew to Australia. So on that basis, that could get him into trouble and the chances of him playing in the Australia next week are getting slimmer and slimmer. In fact, that's why the papers this morning that he say he could face jail. Here on Lee Side, we'll be drilling into publicans and pubs in the coming days. I'd like to talk to more publicans in the coming few days if possible and we'll start that this morning uh, with regards to the 8 o'clock closing. It's interesting, the Echo says that the boss of the Shelburne bar, Philip Gillivan, says that he thinks they should be able to serve outside... Normal trading hours, outdoors, none of this 8 o'clock outside, he's saying. And Colin O'Connor, who runs Costigan's on Washington Street, said he thinks the restrictions to closing times should be relaxed, slowly. Uh, does eight o'clock make any sense? will be asking that question a little later on this morning. And there's still endless confusion with regards to the leaving certificate. I know I did a lot on this over the past couple of days, but it makes the times again today because the State Examination Commission are saying that they wouldn't recommend and it won't be possible to do a hybrid leaving cert exam, which would be a, um, a choice between... Accredited accredited grades and setting the written exams, but they're also, and that, of course, that's related to the pandemic, much to do with uh, the parting that goes on um, on both sides of the Irish Sea, because Boris Johnson's in a lot of hot water about the events of last May and whether he and his he and his wife were actually at the garden party or not, and everybody is clamoring to ask, to get Johnson to say sorry, to admit that he was there. And uh, he is just not at all interested in saying anything. And they say that he's hiding behind this uh, internal uh, political investigation into it. Uh, But we had our own one as well, of course, where we had Irish civil servants snapped at a COVID rule breaking bash and quaffing champagne in the Department of of Foreign Affairs. Uh, And that makes the papers this morning with the red tops dealing with it. Uh, The Sun this morning says at least six of those at the COVID breaking bash have been promoted at the Department of Foreign Affairs, and that's an interesting one. On Lee side, then um, there was a council meeting last night where they were told that there is an in- there is an increase in refusals of homes offered under the choice based letting scheme. That more people than ever now are actually refusing and turning down houses that they're being offered, uh, and um, the stories picked up. Um, Uh, by this morning's Echo, where they quote Fianna Fáil Councillor Terry Shannon. He says, in what we're told is the middle of a housing crisis, for people to be refusing homes, many of them at the very last stages, when they've first of all bidded on the unit and have gone right through all of the various interviews and of Vetting, and then all of a sudden, at the very last, to refuse the house. I mean... I don't understand it. Um, oh, incidentally, also, uh, the examiner carries a story today on an interview that I did with uh, Ken O'Flynn some time back, the Cork city councillor. Now, that interview then became uh, the subject of a complaint by the Cork Travellers Women's Network. It had to do with um, the Spring Lane halting site at the time. And it went to the Broadcast Complaints Commission and there was a hearing regarding that and the broadcasting authority of Ireland um, partially upheld the complaint against the show uh, for that segment that interview with Ken O'Flynn they deemed it that we, that uh, the interview uh, and i and ken o'flynn and the actual content of the interview stigmatized travellers in the conversation and the questions and answers regarding the topic of uh, uh, of, of Spring Lane. So that makes this morning's uh, examiner where they say Neil a show stigmatised tra- travellers according to the Broadcast Authority of Ireland. Also, um, you may have noticed that there are fewer and fewer second-hand cars on the market these days. Um, I can't understand for a moment how, if somebody could please explain to me, how even with the shortage of secondhand cars, how could some secondhand cars be now more valuable than their new counterparts? So the new version of the car is cheaper than the secondhand version of the car. I mean, that's mind-boggling. According, apparently, Dun Deal have some report out saying there's such a shortage of secondhand cars um, that uh, the the prices have gone up by I don't know fifty or sixty percent on a second-hand car. It's astonishing. And also, listen, there is good news. You're going to get an extra bank holiday um, next year. It will fall around the St. Patrick's weekend. In fact, it will dovetail onto March 17th. So March 18th will also be a bank holiday. So you've got not just one, but two. And Elvis Costello has asked radio stations to stop playing Oliver's Army. He doesn't want them to beep out the offending line In the chorus, he just wants them to stop. Um, He has cancelled it himself. He says he's never singing it again. If you know the song, uh, you'll know that it has to do with the troubles in Northern Ireland and it has a racial slur in it where he uses the N word. So he ain't going to play it anymore. He thought about changing the lyrics of the song. He decided not to bother and he's just come out and said, It would be even worse if you bleep the song. So for God's sake, just don't play it anymore, and he won't be playing it neither. And we did a lot on best before dates on the show the other day, particularly with regards to milk. There's more on best before dates in the sun this morning, which I'll come back to a little later on. But one interesting story, if you chop onions, and you are one of those people who just absolutely balls with tears because of the onions, there's good news for you. There's a new onion now developed, it's called a sunion. It's called a sunyon. And for those of you that have tried all sorts of tricks at home to stop the tears trickling down your face when cutting an onion, a new super sweet version of the onion, the sunyon, is the first truly tearless variety. 25 years of crossbreeding onions, apparently. And they eventually have come up with one that won't affect you in the tear department. I don't know um, about that. Uh, I mean, like, you don't, like, you don't want... A, a, an onion that's sweeter than the onion already. I mean, you know, like you're going to turn it into an apple at some stage. I mean, people um, have come up with all sorts of ways of uh, you know, avoiding the tears. And some freeze the onion first. Others chop them under running water. Other people wear swimming goggles. Um, and another person even said keep a piece of bread in your mouth while cutting it. <laughs> I mean, perhaps you've got one or two tips when it comes to um, peeling, or indeed d chopping an onion. And I don't know whether it will ever happen here, but in the UK, they are banning ketchup sachets. I'm delighted, actually, because I can never open the goddamn things. And then when I do, there's an explosion. And it's all over my hands and the table and everything. So they're gone. It has to do with reducing plastic, not just for ketchup, but for mayo, for vinegar. They call them condiments, don't they? Mayo, vinegar, mustard ketchup um, but the sachet is gone lads
0: The Neil Prenderville Show
1: uh, The double you're saying the double bank holiday is this oh yeah
2: for God's sake it's 2022 sorry about that <laughs> my head and and my four year old and three year old also have trouble opening the ketchup so you're you're in good
1: company. It's unreal, isn't it? And as I'm getting older, uh, I don't know why, because I'm as fit as a butcher's dog, but I'm having more trouble these days opening jars. <laughs>
2: what is that? Well, you know, I, I learned to hack on that. You know, you just get a, a sharp knife and, and pop the, the middle of the jar and it opens. Amazing.
1: The downside to that yeah. is the food then will perish faster because there's air getting into it.
2: Ah, uh, yeah, but like... Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Do you see saying? what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. I'm yeah. Kind of just thinking of You can bang a hole
1: in the top of yeah, it, for sure, with a true. knife, but yeah. you're going to get green furry stuff in it faster then.
2: I, I have to say I have no problem opening jars. I have a really strong wrist for some reason. what it is. I mean, yeah. it's if my wrists are going or what. I don't know. I don't know. But I don't get the ketchup thing myself. As I say, the three and four year olds have issue with it. All right. but I don't, I, <laughs>
1: But don't you find that the ketchup sachets, where they say tear here, they don't work. You have to do it with your teeth.
2: I I don't know I'm only thinking uh, the only time I'd ever have them which would be rare is a McDonald's and I've no issue because it's kind of at the site but just to correct you again on something else the double bank holidays this year it's the 17th and 18th of March so we've a nice I forgot it's the new year
1: I uh, I got it into my head that March is next year but it's actually in two months time I'm
2: still back in 2020 and (coughs) then St. Bridget's Day from next year which is the 1st of Feb will be a bank holiday every year
1: Oh, so it's only this year they're giving a double whammy at St. Patrick's and yes. then changing it from next year
2: Yeah, that's oh. it, well done, you've been very good for the last two years Yeah,
1: yeah. there you go, <laughs> off you go now, here's the day for you <laughs> Lines open, you can text 086 Pick up the phone on 0818 And as I said, I want to talk with publicans in the coming days and what better way to start with regards to publicans and how they're finding things than with Paul Montgomery um, from Clancy's and he joins me the phone Paul, good morning Firstly, as as an aside, do you have any opinion at all on these bloody ketchup sachets? Is it better that we see the back of them and go back to the old-fashioned bottles or what's the story there? Because I'm damned if I can
3: open them. I I kind of lost you there. know, after the Sunyans, I kind <laughs> <turned> of. <out. laughs> so I, I must admit now.
1: So. Anyway, you are saying batten down the hatches. It's going to be a rough ride. You said that up to seventy to eighty percent of your business was decimated. Are you talking about um, Clancy's,
3: Kings, and Conway's Yard? All of them? Yeah. Well, if you, if you take the if you take the trade as a whole in the city, and I suppose our trade reflects. I think most you know most places and we're fortunate enough to still have a certain amount of football in the city but um, two out of our premises we, we have we have to close them down and it just wouldn't be viable to open so and, what is that would that be Conway's and uh, and no, Atlas um, um, on on Prince's Street we have King's at the top of the street near the South Mall, which we only opened last year as a, as a restaurant and um, then we have Atlas and Marlborough Street which is adjoining fences and Marlborough Street so and even that has a good street um scape and has good, you know, street business and had during the summertime. But obviously with the winter time it's a bit different, you know, and um with all the do's and don'ts, we can't it's just not viable to keep them to keep them open even with with support and everything else. So and a lot of it is natural footfall, um, that you don't have in January and February, but there's no doubt about it, um, from Christmas time from the to January when hours were reduced more People were told just not to come into the city, and they were told not to socialise and not to come into vineyards. And you can't blame people for um through Christmas and even now, yeah, that are still quite quite afraid. And people are listening to the public health advice and every age. So you know, those, it's the perfect storm to keep people away from from. But did it so. not?
1: Did it not mean for people who wanted to have a few pints? And I suppose during the week is different to the weekend. But did it not mean that they just came
3: out earlier? No. Well, to a certain degree, like you, you, you'll have—I um, mean, people. People are. The holiday season is over now, so you're, you're not going to get anybody coming into um, Prince's Street or even on Oliver Plunkett Street and wanting to go for a couple of drinks at three o'clock in, in the daytime now. No, no. So, yeah, you know. I mean, the streets and the shops are quiet. I mean, you're looking down the street at the moment. I mean, we we'll, we we'll get a bit of a burst from students coming back again next next week, and maybe they'll come out to be there there but um, in general people have spoken with their feet and they've stayed at home so I mean that's that's pretty much now, it was interesting last night and, and Monday night in Kansas and even in Congress there was quite a few younger people out and I think people are tripping back maybe for the universities yeah. that's, that's good and people going out for food we have certainly have a good food trade still and we're very pleased with what we have and um,
1: but do you, do you do do you oh, well. think that there's reason or sense or science behind the 8 p.m. closing? Because not all publicans do. In fact, one or two are saying we really need to start slowly relaxing it, get it back to 9 or to 10 or 11 or come back to some kind of a plan.
3: I, I, I don't see why, you know, especially since the UK have proven that they have rode the storm. I mean, they haven't reduced any hours or have any cutbacks and, or any restrictions in the main. And we follow them in so many things that I I don't understand why we haven't come out. I mean, we're very quick always to announce the restrictions and we're very quick to pull it back. We seem to be always behind the curve then, in, 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 you know, in giving us back the hours. But Do you
1: think it was right to go to eight o'clock?
3: Well... I suppose I, you know, I, I, I know what COVID is like and we all know people who've had it and everyone has been affected. So, I mean, I'm loath always to question any of the medical advice because that's not my forte. But I do think that we got a decent Christmas out of the business up to eight o'clock. I'd accept that and it was worth trading with the supports that, that are there. But, I mean, we're in well into January now and there is no reason that we can't go back. 11 12 o'clock in our trade, like you know, like we have seen over previous years that up to 50% of our trade would be after 10 11 o'clock at night time, so you know, especially in January and February. So, like, you are it, it, I don't think it's viable for practically any business to be open at the moment in in our trade. I mean, I heard even Claire Nash talking the radio two or three days ago, and she's saying the same, it's not viable for her to be open late. I mean across the whole spectrum of pubs and restaurants, 8 o'clock, which is effectively 7 o'clock last order. That's
1: right. That's, that doesn't reflect people's social habits, of course, at all. So, yes.
3: um, you know, like you're, you're taking a last drinks order, food order, maybe at 6 o'clock. I mean, that's what you're talking about. I mean, the 8 o'clock is a misnomer. You know, it's, it's effectively 6, 7 o'clock is what mm. you're talking
1: Mm. And, and does that does that mean that those the restaurants and the pubs that closed are better closed because they will get more assistance from the state by way of the EWSS? And what about the staff?
3: Well, the, 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 the staff. I mean, it's been quite painful for us to have to ask people to go on um, PUP and put on people on temporary leave, and it just doesn't pay it to keep your venues open because. You will get certain benefits, but our cost base is still pretty much the same. I mean, banks have to be repaired. Um, you but know, it can't
1: be if you're not getting stock, for instance. So they would have well, to
3: reduce, wouldn't it? Well, well, you see, in any decent sized venue, it's going to be costly to open. You know, I mean, everyone knows that it doesn't matter once you turn the lights on and you, you ramp up the machine every day, you have to, you're going to be incurring costs. And I mean, everyone in our trade has borrowings, and they still have to be met. I mean, there is no um, leeway from the banks. There is no—I mean, the supports are minimal. That's the—that's the fact. And like, we have to get real in our industry. Ah, uh,
1: yeah, but staff costs would have been would be way down. Food costs would uh, be uh, way down. Uh, Drink uh, purchases uh, would be
3: way down. Yes, I mean that—that's that, that, there. But I mean, the trade is also—you could be at ten percent of your normal trade at the moment. So I mean, like, it's fairly relative, you know. So. There, there's, there's no unless unless our trade has a decent Friday and Saturday night, we're at nothing. And I mean, we have to get back to that very soon. The maps are very simple. If we don't have later hours opening, especially the weekends, like we're like we won't even survive and trade won't survive. I mean, we're heading very quickly. You're coming to spring into Patrick's Day and onwards. For traditionally, we we do trade and we need to be having our tourists and our visitors back. So we need to be giving the message out very soon that hours will be extending and we'll be ramping up the trade Yeah,
1: well, he, 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 Michal Martin did rule that out in a question that he was asked there the other day not in the, not in the short to medium term, I think um, Also, of course, we also heard that um, the numbers that we're hearing out with regards to positive cases if we're saying twenty to 24,000 a day that's wildly inaccurate they're reporting it could have been as high as half a million last
3: week It's an astonishing yeah, it number well, the the one thing about all that is of course is that we've seen with our staff we had a lot of people out with COVID at Christmas time in the first couple of days of January, but they're all back now. So like you know, my own doctor, Andrew Cosby tells me that those sixty thousand requests a day for, for PCR tests or if, if you take it that all those people have been infected and are coming back into yeah. the workforce and back out there, that's hope as well on the other side because there must we must have millions of people through Omicron now at this stage. So but I, I'm, you know, I, I think that we have people, OK, we've a lot of people in PUP, but people want to work and people want to be back at work. And the, the danger, of course, now, again, is that we're at the fourth or fifth wave of putting people on PUP and losing people in the industry. So,
1: And as you lose people in the industry, then does that mean the people that you're recruiting are, are very raw or untrained or not best suited to the job?
3: course yeah i mean like there's a whole training piece that you know there again but like it's even disappointing this morning talking to some of my own team saying that who's going on the pup extra and that and, and i'm going you know we, we really would love those to stay working but like we can't give them the hours and you can't blame them and some of them are in college and doing masters and everything else and i think they make their decisions now for the rest of the year and they're saying look we can't be starting back and forth with no certainty going back yeah and just it's disappointing I, I you know they're
1: getting other jobs in other places
3: they yeah, are of course you know and, and there there is other work out there and people just change their mind and they just get demoralized and it's just hard to change that I mean we'll we do our best we have our own team meetings and we try and keep people keep people's spirits up and promise them you know things will get better and we want people coming out and we'll go on our own we'll have initiatives you know right throughout the next few weeks to even encourage people to come in to us you know up to the 6, 7, 8 o'clock piece. So that, we, that goes without saying, we keep doing that. But there has to be a clear roadmap coming back now. And I think every other country in the world has a roadmap to get back to trade, give us back a couple of extra hours now, up to 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night time. We've got to start building this back up again. And nobody's talking about it now. I, I even fear our own industry. There's nobody from our associations even talking about giving us back the hours and you asked me earlier do I think it's the right thing well I certainly think it's the right thing now Whatever about putting us back in the 20th of December it's the right thing now to start letting us trade a bit longer especially into the weekends and with so many people having contacted the virus contracted now we should be able to allow people back out again that have been through um, COVID and it should make for a better base of customers and a safer base of customers.
1: Okay, remote. okay. Uh, d- just on a, one point in that regard, Philip Gillivan up at the Shelburne Bar is saying that they should be able to serve um, until the old closing time outdoors. Say that could be 11 o'clock or midnight or whatever. Outdoors, yeah. um, and, we, and we know that there are a lot of pubs and restaurants who have very good outdoor facilities with heaters and everything. Is that something that you would think should be suggested or, or rolled out
3: outdoors? Should go back to a later closing. Yeah. I mean, any, anything you know, you're you're you probably have a, a bigger public order issue that that we saw last year. You know, whether it's Kennedy Key or whatever. I mean, that's that's something that I'm not sure if the Gardaí would would welcome it. But I mean, anything would be an improvement to say okay let's let's start cranking up the machine again and let's start getting people out and encouraging people to go out rather than the message now all the time saying don't go out, don't go into pubs, don't go into restaurants. But
1: shouldn't you be encouraging them at any way with, with special offers or two for ones or some kind of deals?
3: Yeah, well we're that that's happening even and you know, right throughout next week onwards we will be encouraging people, you know, especially as the colleges come back. But that, that, that's that's not necessarily going to work if the chief medical officer is still saying to people, don't, don't go out or don't go into vineyards. That narrative needs to change. Straight yeah, OK.
1: All right. Listen, I'll stay in touch with you. Good luck for uh, uh, the uh, future. Let's see what happens. Um, you, you are open, um, yes. of course, and you're also doing takeout, I believe, right?
3: Yes, we'll we'll, we'll do everything we can to to make a few bob and keep the doors open. We can certainly
1: say that. All right, thanks for now. Appreciate you taking the call. Paul Montgomery's got four establishments in the city. Clancy's, King's, Conway's Yard and Atlas on Marlborough Street. Lines open. You can text 086-8104-106. We'll pick it up after the break.
0: Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 86 Red FM.
1: And people are texting on different topics that we deal with. We were chatting yesterday about mispronunciations of words on Lee's side and I gave you a few of them. Bob says the word... Drowned it, or he died it uh, the other one was I folly Liverpool or I can't swally that uh, years ago my dad could not say burger he was always asking for bun burglars in the chipper Love <laughs> a bun burglar also don't forget hostable I had to go to Hostable. That's another Cork one. And then a lot of people were texting with regards to uh, the changes in the lotto and a selection of those uh, that you can't book in, but, you know, get your lottos in advance, maybe two games in advance. Uh, did you not know that there were four lotto winners in Cork last week? Don't think you mentioned it. And two of them were in the one parish. One at McSweeney's shop in Crookstown and the other at Crowley's shop in Bale They got 26 grand each, says John. Happy to pass that on. Uh, I work in Tesco. The reason you can't buy future draws with the Irish Lotto is because it's not being won. This came into effect the other day. It will change when I win it, I'm sure. Why would the fact that it isn't being won allow people to buy a Wednesday and a Saturday in advance? I don't quite follow that. Um, And then other people wondering with regards to all of the changes uh, regarding uh, vaccination, PCRs, QR codes, positives, close contacts. Is there any truth in the rumor that St. Peter is checking for COVID passes when you arrive? When you arrive at the pearly gates. Another person then isn't terribly happy with our students. Amazing how cold all the students are in school wearing their uniforms. But when they come home, they're walking around the area they live in wearing shorts, ankle socks, and a hoodie at most. They never seem to be cold then. With regards to their fashion statements outside of school, the mind boggles. And then a lot then with regards to reaction to uh, the Leaving Certificate itself. My daughter was in Leaving Cert during the first lockdown. She and all her school pals were so stressed over what was going to happen to them, uh, sitting the exams and worried or not whether they could get enough points to get into college. Happily, I can tell you, she got her course. I don't agree with giving all the Leaving Cert students a place in college without sitting exams. If that's the case, it should have happened to the two sets of Leaving Certs over the last two years. Yeah, and you know, if that were the case, why not just give all Leaving Cert students a college place regardless of an exam? Give them the opportunity if they so choose. My daughter's in Leaving Cert class. She was always a very academic student. Not a genius, but always did well. She loved the routine of school. She did very well with online school during the first lockdown, but the difference in hers since back to school now is disastrous. The interest is just completely gone. At 17, to have to get a journal signed just to go to the toilet is ridiculous. They're constantly having free classes because the teachers are out. She's been working part-time in a hotel since the summer. And to be honest, I won't be putting pressure on her for the leaving certificate. How can they have any chance when classes are cold, teachers are missing, and a mask is worn all day? She knows she can only do what she can do. Life is too short to be putting pressure on them. And there's many more like that, which I will come back to throughout the course of the morning, I promise you. Back to the phone lines we go. James is standing by. O'Nor is standing by. Noel first. Noel, good morning. My okay, th- you got. Thanks for taking the call. You got a text from the HSE on the ninth of January saying that uh, your PCR what was positive.
4: That's right.
1: Okay. All right. And you haven't been outside since then. What's the so? What's the backstory to this?
4: Well, I wasn't outside the door on that day to get the test done.
1: So it wasn't you.
4: I got a text saying that uh, you you're visiting the text center on the 19th of January, and that, uh, you're going to text and to have to be tested positive, and you are to stay indoors. Here and, uh, and the text says, Such a name, and you're eight years of age, I'm five of anyway. <laughs> Right, right. anyway.
5: <laughs>
4: and uh, you tested positive, and to stay because kind of, you're at a high risk, and uh, stay indoors. Until, uh, and if you'll be very sick, get at your GP. Yeah, Yeah,
1: then that's all very well and all good advice, but it's not you. No. Did you ever go for a test? No. Never. You weren't even outside the door on the 9th of January. I wasn't even outside the door. Did they get your name right? No. Okay, so, but they got your phone number somewhere. Yeah, this, this is the thing that's bothering to see
4: because uh, how could he get my number? is this is this, this, the thing that's uh, it's annoying about you, see. Uh, <laughs> how could another person get my number? Well, how could the uh, PHSC send me a text, send a test? Uh,
1: and what uh, about the poor misfortune that did test positive and is walking around unbeknownst to them?
4: That's right. I said that to him when I eventually got on to him yesterday.
1: Oh, did you? Yeah. And what did they say?
4: Well... Number one, the first girl couldn't answer me. She said, uh, I want to hear take cards and the eventually I got into another girl. And she said, uh, maybe another girl. So I said, that person's wandering around.
5: So <laughs> and
1: also, also wondering wondering right, why, yes. and they're also, that person is also wondering, wondering around, wondering why they never got a result for their PCR test.
4: Yes, and they're wandering around thinking they're probably okay.
0: How, how did you? How did you react?
1: Yeah, they probably. How did you react when you got this text saying "stay indoors ten days"?
4: Well, I don't
1: know. How would you get my number? That's right. I have no idea how that happened. I mean, it's not a manual thing. They don't. They don't dial or bang in the text number and send it. It's automated. One would think.
4: Yes, and yeah, and. And wouldn't you think when you're if you are going to a test, uh, um, test centre and you're giving your name and your number, like, that's your computer and who you
1: are, you know? I would have thought so. Unless the individual who went for the actual test gave a wrong digit or something, you know, like one number off or something, and they wrote it down wrong and used that number. I have no idea. I wonder if anybody else got somebody else's PCR test. And also, if it had been... You know, if it had been, like, a negative one when it was positive, you know, we know that happens, false positives and stuff. So, have you not been going out much? Is that the case?
4: Well, okay. it's not being out at all. I've had no sight to do But, like, to be honest... Do you ever go out, though? Do you ever go out? Yeah. I'll call, say, too. <laughs> oh, I Of course I do. Go do it. But that's <laughs> another point, isn't I mean, you're going to a bar or restaurants, okay? And you're asked to give your name and your number. I mean, anybody could pick up your number off a book and say so so-and-so.
1: Yeah, you know? the, the problem with those That's lists is that... yeah, That's the problem the It is a danger because those lists are left up on counters with your name and your phone number and anybody uh, could take a photograph of it. I take a number and go to a test and give your number, you It, know? Could, it could happen. So, uh, you got no real explanation as to why that happened? No, it's just
4: that... Uh, it could have been, um... That's like yours. It's not... <laughs> I was told, but, uh... ...but the person of the, the of is 80 years away, if I could just, uh... They obviously have me on file. The okay? They obviously have me on file of my address, because when I got my... when I got my cover, okay, or when I got my injections, right, to in the city hall, okay? Well, they obviously have my address, potato
5: about tomorrow? Do you
4: have my phone number? Yeah, yeah, no, What's I know. How this person give
1: got their test on 80 years of age? That's right. No, I know. I know. It's somebody else's. How they couldn't compare
4: that with me? You know what I, mean?
1: no, I know what you're saying. No, appreciate the call. Thanks for that, Noel. Actually, it's interesting because you got an 80 year old now who's walking around with uh, with COVID and they don't know it. Yeah. It's the problem, yeah. yeah. All right, pal, thank you. Text 868 Pick up the phone on 818 104 And, Or, oh, good morning. Morning. Thanks so much for taking the call. Are you picking up on some of the conversations yesterday? One was the awful side effects that one particular caller described having got the booster. I mean, there was a, she had an awful lot of physical pain. But on top of that as well, emotionally very down, a lot of depression, just general gloominess.
6: Um, yeah, um, I, I, I'm i going for my test tomorrow. It took me hours to get it. And even now, I feel emotional. And obviously, I did a positive antigen test. And you probably hear it in my voice, because you know me.
1: You don't sound well.
6: No, uh, so I'm not. And um, I just, I'm a very positive person. And um, I just feel so down. I mean, it's just like, yeah, I just can't explain it. Now, look, we get down if we have the flu as well. So I can't. I don't know 100%, but this is different. This is like, it's like, I, I think it's because you're so emotionally attached to when you're um, um, actually as well exhausted. So I'm actually exhausted as well. Mm. Um, I have no reason to be exhausted. Like, I'm a very fit person. I, I do a lot of class, you know, spinning classes. I ride bikes. I go jogging. I'm, I'm that kind of person. And mm. um, I just just, I like going to the bathroom now. You can probably hear it my breath as well. I just... just I'm actually exhausted, and it's just a weird, weird feeling. Um, yeah, um, I'm vaccinated. I'm fine. like, like you know, I think my young because of my age. I'm look, I'm forty. Um, like it's like a really massive flu, but with exhaustion on top of it. Okay, okay.
1: Great. So yeah, that's yeah. how I feel. Like, um, and fun, and d- d- how did you feel after you got a booster? Was it wasn't I around the same I time or anything?
6: I haven't had the booster yet. And you
1: i had the booster haven't in
6: another couple of weeks. Okay. Because I got my double vaccine at the end of August, and um, I said I'd wait six months. And then my child got COVID there before Christmas, and um, we got nothing. My husband got boosted because he's um, uh, he's asthmatic, yeah. so he went off and he got boosted. And I said, look, I'll wait a while. I'll wait another. Um, I'll okay. Wait the
1: okay. Six months. So you and got then, unboosted. You got the. The regular the regular dose of Omicron without a boost, huh?
6: yeah. What I think what I'm noticing that people as well that if they're boosted or not boosted at the moment, vaccinated, they all seem to get really, you know, sick differently. Um, like people who are boosted, I noticed are getting really sick as well. Um, I think the Omicron is just. A different thing or fish altogether. Well, it
1: seems that. to vary with people because the yeah, the you know much of the conversation has been about that it's a very very mild version of COVID, nowhere like Delta or anything in the past, mm-hmm. and that for many people it's like a head cold and one or you know a lot of people will just have nothing more than maybe a tickly throat or you know maybe and it a, seems know. like a lot of emotions
6: are coming from.
1: But the emo- just, you know, yeah, and yeah. then I'm hearing about the emotion. Yesterday was talking about the emotional lows after the booster where this girl, like she was in an awful state like never mind the pain she was going through mm-hmm. but for you it's actually the traditional COVID that's given you that
6: Yeah, I mean, well we don't even know what when it is, you know if it's Delta, but yeah, I'm but I am double vaccinated as I said my child had COVID only uh, just before Christmas she had no symptoms at all Do you know, um, she was a bit tired but nothing at all and she's ten, um, so we would we wouldn't have even got her tested, and we wouldn't have all got tested um, just before Christmas if we didn't have the close contact from the school. So when we got the close contact, we all went up. I know, and um, then it was like she had COVID. Yeah. So she would have been fine, um, but I just don't think people realize that you know how depressing you know how depressed you are, and I think it might be because it's just all the exhaustion that comes with it.
1: But is it the kind of exhaustion or feelings that you got from flu?
6: Um, no, I don't think so. No? I think this is more of um more of a, just, it's just different. It's just like, it's like depression, I suppose. Um, it's because, you know, you you could you could be lying there and you're just functioning, you know, you're just thinking about something stupid. You know, and it could be like, oh, Jesus, are the bins out? You know, do they know the bins are out? You know, and then you're texting them and then, you're like, that's at the that's that's anyway. anxiousness,
1: yeah. Anxiousness,
6: yeah yeah, 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 and you know, it's the guilt as well. There's this awful thing of guilt, um, you know, like because now my child's now not going to school because they're all close contacts now, and my husband can't go back to work, and you know, it's like that's getting
1: you down. There's a sense of responsibility, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I
6: think, yeah. I don't know if I'm speaking for all women here, but like like the house is going to be a mess when I leave this room do you know what I, that's just kind of, it's just going to be Ah but they need to
1: pull their weight though come on, (laughs) they
6: do, don't get me wrong like the food is coming to my room, everything's being clean, good, well you know but still it's not the same you know when you're the runner of the house like I feel guilty about not being in work do you know that kind of way, yeah Yeah. you
1: shouldn't though, it's easy for me to say you shouldn't, I know because you're going through it but you
5: know this and then you're
6: in the hospitality business as well you know like it's all hands on deck at the moment you know um, like I, like I, to be honest, I just put my hands up. I said, you know, I might be vaccinated, but I will do the antigen test for the sake of others. You know, what pisses me off at the moment. And this is what I've been thinking about is that people are vaccinated or boosted or whatever you are. Do the bloody antigen test. But think of others. You're not super. You know, you're not like you're still going to get it, you know, so you, and you still can spread it.
1: So, yeah, yeah. so all of, even the smallest things now are multiplied, and worries become you know yeah
6: catastrophes, catastrophes in your head, kind of thing yeah of, yeah exactly, yeah. So it's like, you know what about work now, what about you know are they okay really out there without me you know that kind of it's mm. a joke of things like that I wouldn't think about at all, you know, so
1: mm. yeah, mm. well, I suppose you know if you're completely and utterly exhausted and can't move. You know, that's probably the reasons an awful lot of your emotions are up in a heap as well, you know, because it's not the you that you're used to.
6: Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. I but, can't
1: do what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But how long how long are you into this now?
6: It's Sunday night. I started feeling a bit iffy. So um I was like, Jesus, I'm really tired, you know, and more tired than I would be, right? So I took an um I took an antigen test on Monday morning. Um and that was negative. Now lucky I don't work till Tuesday this week, so I was like, okay, I've an antide- I took an antigen test, and I said it's fine, but I sent this kid, obviously, Siana to school and stuff like that, and I said it's fine, like so maybe it's just a cold or whatever. And um I started getting increasingly worse then Monday, and I thought, like, Jesus, you know what? I, this is not right, you know? So um I took another one then, um, Monday night, because it just kept getting worse and um, that one came back positive
1: yeah I know so you have a few days to go yet you know
6: yeah so I took it Monday night and it's was just like Jesus you know what and I only did that as well because I was going into a workplace do you know what I mean yeah so, I think
1: they need to so get more it. boosters out faster don't they
5: yeah and, and I cut
1: down the the, the, the the gap between maybe the vaccine and the boosting I don't know maybe um, I mean, you're not a medical person but it could have made yeah. all the difference to you
6: yeah I don't know it's just everything it's just like it just seems to be if you just keep you know just everyone should be doing anti-diet. Yeah, but
1: you need to leave the guilt outside the door. You know.
5: Yeah, yeah. yeah you really
1: yeah. should. Like, there's no guilt here. There's no blame here. You just need yeah. to get well, and and others to pull their weight. And the next few days, all will be good again.
6: Yeah, no, but it's just, I suppose it's just. It's, I suppose when you're in that emotional place at the moment, it's the safe to just sit back, going you
1: know yourself. Yeah, hang yeah. in there. Hang in there. All will be well in time. You'll be back to your old self. Yeah, yeah. You'll be running half marathons before you know it. Maybe even full <laughs> marathons. Yeah. Be kayaking and whitewater rafting and all sorts of things. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> all right. Cheers
0: and oar. Look after yourself. Take care. Back after the break. Call the Neil Brendonville Show now on the new number 0818 104
1: 106 just wanted to text in. Please don't give up my details, but I uh, just want to say to everyone today going through a hard day or is thinking today that's a bad day and tomorrow will be worse. Tomorrow is always a better day. And always keep your head held high. Stay strong. I just want to make people smile today and help people get through their hard days. That's a lovely text to get. And it's even nicer to pass it on. Uh, there's that and lots more besides uh, an interesting one actually from the Toker area. I'm living near Centra in Toker where the roadworks have been going on since God knows when. And yes, they are annoying. And recently they started working through the night. I didn't think they could do that. There's a ridiculous stop and go system in place and people stuck in the traffic seem to think that by holding their hand down on the horn, the lights will change faster and the traffic will move faster. I wonder if you guys could post something requesting people to have a bit of cop on and patience. This is a residential area yeah, that's near the Centra in Toker. And there's another one. I'm living near Centra in Toker where the roadworks have been going on since God knows when. And yes, they are annoying and recently started working through the night. The ridiculous stop and go system and people stuck in the traffic is making life an absolute nightmare for the residents. So there's two of them at the same time. And... um Homework then is an issue with regards to we're talking about leaving certificate interesting text here can you ask your listeners are schools providing homework online for students isolating my secondary school kids are isolating and have had zero work provided one is in third year and hasn't had a full year in secondary school ever Isn't that amazing? The third year's never really had a traditional school year. Yet we will have pre-exams in a few weeks. I understand schools are under pressure with staff absences, so free classes is another issue facing our kids. But the education minister is a joke. She's thrown teachers and students to the wolves. The stress she has them under is disgusting. Uh, I don't know um, whether or not any kind of plan is in place. I imagine that might vary from school to school. With regards to the kids that can't go in, is their work being provided and homework being provided online? Um, is it down just to parenting? We'll pick it up after 10, lads, on uh, 0818104106.
4: Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from four for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features, and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from four, Dave Max Drive.
0: 104 to 106 Red FM This is the Neil friendville Show
1: And a new year, new you We want to kickstart 2022 With vouchers from Satori Clinic Cork They're based at Langford Row On the south side of the city Just there next to uh, Summerhill South And we have two prize winners every day this week You can go and get some acupuncture done Or some cupping or acupressure uh, And the voucher is worth 150 euro for each winner every day So new you, new year These are songs with new in the title. Uh, these three certainly do have the word new in them. I need you to identify, not just yet, but when I open the phone lines at a quarter to midday, artists and titles in the correct order. Have an aged. Whoa! There you go. Those three songs, artists and titles, three crackers. Uh, and I'll open the phone lines at around about 10 minutes to midday. Don't worry if you missed any. I'll come back to it again a little later on and give it another run. Just one quick one then on Leaving search. Just remember to comment on this year's Leaving Cert exam. Students are not getting their courses covered. Teachers are absent. My son attends a brilliant school in North Cork and is a good student. He's doing all higher level subject and was without an Irish teacher for two months before Christmas. And this teacher was not replaced ever. Uh, There were days that he could only be going in for one class one teacher. His teachers are excellent and this pandemic is nobody's fault. They're not snowflakes as your listeners seem to call them. Uh, I'd like to see anyone else attempt to sit an exam without adequate preparation. Anything in life without adequate preparation. My son's biggest fear is what happens if he gets COVID on the 4th of June and there's no backup plan. Uh, This is their only stab at a future in education and a chance to go on to third level. Be kind, people. And consider the feelings of these young people who are, who are, um, who you are slating on air. Um. Somebody else suggesting that any idea of students protesting nationally on any given day is insane. And that was from a conversation I had yesterday uh, with Mick Barry. With regards then to college choices, and we dealt with this quite a bit, as to whether students are actually picking college courses that they want to follow as a career path. And unfortunately, a lot don't. And many others are chasing points as opposed to chasing what they want to do with the rest of their life. And I was saying that law isn't, I'm told, as, as, uh, you know, I suppose uh, it's not as uh, lucrative, perhaps, is a way of putting it, as it's been down through the years, and maybe it's saturated. Uh, And I was talking about that yesterday, and I got a text in from a barrister who said, uh, I wouldn't necessarily agree law is saturated. I'm a barrister, however, I am based out of Dublin, where it's harder to create your own niche. He says the bar is down about, I don't know whether it's he or she, to be honest, the bar is down 20% in the last decade. And has found a maintainable level now. And it's quite a good job. But if you can be more than just academic, it's better for you in law. Because pure academics fail in law. Uh, Neil, you also mentioned the FE1s, the exams. They are saturated. And that's a money machine for the Law Society. Can't give up my details as we have restrictions imposed on what barristers can say to the media. Uh, But thank you for the text nonetheless. And people can text 086-8104-106. And we'll come back to more calls, texts and comments throughout the course of the morning. I was talking uh, yesterday morning about a Sunday Times report at the weekend that was looking at the Dublin um, um, housing market. And they broke it down um, by, um, you know, different, I suppose, parishes, um, suburbs, you know, satellite towns and villages and Dublin itself. And they were looking at the increase in property prices and the amount of money you needed for a deposit and how high prices had gone in Dublin and where the dearest three-bedroom semi could be had in the Dublin area. Um, they, the dearest, incidentally, was a three-bedroom house in Ranala that came in at 1.15 million euro for a three-bed semi. Balls Bridge was coming in at just under a million, and Rathmines, kind of the areas you'd expect. So that was all very well, but I was thinking, why don't we try and work out exactly what the same um, comparables would be in the Cork area? So we asked Sean McCarthy, who's the director at ERA Downey McCarthy, to take a look at it first, with regards to areas like and Douglas, and Glanmire, and Toker, and Rochestown, and Bishopstown, Blarney, areas like that. Happy to say he put some work into it yesterday, and he joins me by phone. Sean, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Happy New Year to you. And you you too. So I suppose we were primarily looking at three-bedroom semis, you know? Um, and, And just off the bat, what kind of percentage increase would there be, say, on this time last year? Well, Daft would
7: suggest that Cork has risen by 5.5% across the board, but that's an average uh, increase. I would suggest three-bedroom semis is definitely the high-demand uh, asset at the moment. Uh, you know, the, we've seen significant activity in the property market in 2021. I suppose it's probably been fueled by uh, you know a huge demand and lack of supply is the yeah. key issue. Yeah, you have pandemic savings coming into the equation whereas people have had a long time now to save uh, for deposits and that and a lot of people then I suppose have revalued their lives in terms of working from home and maybe getting out of of the nest at home and and, you know and uh, getting a place of their own but what has taken us I suppose a little bit by surprise is the pace of activity you know pre- uh, Pandemic, you know, we would have been you know, probably taken three or four months maybe to sale agree a property, whereas now it's kind of six to six or seven weeks, and it, it, the deal is done really. You know. Why is
1: it being done so much faster? Because we were notoriously slow in this country.
7: Yeah, demand, simply demand, and lack of supply. You know, we've had bidding situations like you mentioned. There, various areas around the city we've had pre-Christmas there we had a place in the lock we put it on at 295 and at 395 with a place in Frankfield again put it on 300000 and made 370 but what has probably been a big talking point among the auctioneers is the the um, older style three and four bedroom semis in places like Douglas and Beaumont and Ballant Temple and Black Rock now for in particular I mean, we've had three bedroom semis there we pitched them at uh, 425 and that would be based on comparable evidence of places that had previously sold in the area yeah. and they have um, Made in excess of 500,000. So would that be fair to say that
5: that
1: they would have got 425 in the BlackRock area last year, but they now get five, they'll now get half a million? Yeah.
7: You know we 've a lot of three hundred and seventies that in in those areas have made in excess of uh, five hundred thousand half a million, 525 in one case now these are houses that probably need another one hundred and fifty maybe two hundred thousand spend on them to bring up to modern standards. but I suppose the people are looking at houses for life, the location is what they 're looking for, and those older style, style houses tend to have bigger plot sizes so they that 's superb
1: point because the Sunday Times investigation found that one of the big must-haves for people are large gardens they obviously have family in mind there
7: family in mind and work from home so they have an option to you know to extend the property or maybe put an office out the back of the in in the garden that's a big plus
1: because as the decades went on now you're talking about houses there in in many of those areas that were built in the 50s and 60s with enormous gardens but as the decades passed the gardens got smaller and smaller in houses didn't they and and left, you know, it left people with less options
7: in terms of extending the properties. You know, if they had a 3 bedroom semi, it just wasn't possible to make that into a 4 bedroom semi. And that's what people are looking for. As I say, they're looking for houses for life that they can settle down with their family, you know, and uh, it, it just gives them more options, really, you know. Okay,
1: so what typically happens when a house comes on the market, say the figure of 295 that went eventually and sold for 395, um, it starts bidding war, does it? Uh, we can tell very early on in, in terms of the activity you know as soon as we
7: launch it, emails start coming out, coming in the phone starts ringing, we start uh, you know arranging viewings you know typically you could have you know eight or ten viewings on on, on one property in an afternoon um, and then the, the bidding starts coming in you know we will look for proof of funds from uh, all of our, our bidders um, when they are uh, when they 're bidding and you know they all have mortgage approved now at this stage they 're all at that stage to be fair to them, and uh, the bidding just takes off and you know it can go up in tranches of five thousand it can go up in tranches of ten thousand and more you know
1: and um and and slowly but surely as the five and the ten grands go up people b- drop off do they and correct you, and you're usually left then with a couple at the end is it you're typically left with maybe two
7: or three bidders at the end yes okay. you might you might have you know eight or ten bidders initially but then
1: typically it Back, not, normally that boils down to maybe two or three bidders. Yeah. It's heartbreaking for the people that thought that they were mm-hmm. bid on a house for four twenty five and get it for four twenty five and find that it sold north of five hundred.
7: Very difficult, absolutely very difficult, and I have sympathy for them. But I suppose our job as agents is we're acting on and the sole instructions of our vendors. Our job is to get them the best price. But I, I absolutely, you know, I, I feel sorry for people to try and bid at the moment.
1: And those that, I mean, there's no typical buyer. But is it a young couple who are just starting out in life together who intend and hope that they'll be blessed with children? Yes,
7: a lot of young, um, a lot of young couples starting off. You have you you, you still have landlords buying property as well, which is interesting. You know, you have some landlords leaving the the property market. uh, You know, they may be older, they may have properties a long time. Regulation probably isn't helping them. You know, they'll be taxed on the income. But you have a lot of new landlords entering the property as well through their pension schemes and buying property through pensions. But the majority, particularly for three and semis that we find, is primarily first time buyers, young couples starting off. Okay, and
1: and talk to me a little bit then about deposits. Is there any kind of an average deposit? it very much dependent on the price of the property
7: the deposit situation is interesting in the sense that you, you definitely have a lot of help from the bank of mom and dad. There's no doubt about that. And as mentioned earlier on, you have a lot of pandemic savings. I mean, people haven't been spending as freely over the last two years as they would have previously been doing. Uh, so you know uh, you know a lot of people would have large deposits 50, 100,000 hundred thousand euro of deposit uh, going down on, on property. And uh, you know that wouldn't have been the case during the mm. you know the Celtic Tiger. They'd have been borrowing hundred percent of the property prices, yeah. which 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 led to the crash the average that, that deposit is, that
1: the sunday times found in dublin was 52 and a half grand for a first-time buyer that's twice what it was 10 years ago
7: yeah i'm not a bit surprised at that yet yeah i wouldn't be too far off that in cork they obviously it would probably wouldn't be as large because the property prices aren't as uh, as, as high okay
1: and the bank of mum and dad uh, is that is that tax efficient for a mum and dad to give i don't know is there an amount 10 20 30 grand no, I look, at the, I suppose all well,
7: parents would want to look after their kids and make sure they get on the property market. So, you know, if they have the wherewithal to do that, that's certainly happening in in, in the market without, without a shadow. Without and can you gift of...
1: that money then, tax-free? You can, yeah. And is there a limit? Uh,
7: you, that's not really our area of expertise. Yeah, I know. I
1: can, fi- I can find well, that out. You, you, so, so as you move then, okay, we've had reference there, for instance, to the Beaumont property, 425. It went for over... Five hundred thousand, and you say there's hundred and fifty grand's work needs to go into it. On the property, yeah, yeah. Okay, then the other one in the lock was three hundred, and it went for three seventy. Um, and, and would Rochester be similar? Bishopstown be similar? Areas like that?
7: Yeah, and again, older properties in Bishopstown, uh, uh, as we say, in some areas, and again, larger gardens, so it gives the people an option to to build on and extend and give a bit more space. The, you know, they're high demand areas. Absolutely. Okay.
1: And are they the highest demand areas, or would mm-hmm. Montanati be in there as well, Mortonati or say, for instance, be, areas of Mont- Mayfield or or um, Sundays Well?
7: Yeah, Sunday as well would be popular, um, Montanati would be popular, oh, you know, we, we've seen huge men now in Beaumont, Ballantyne, and Rock Backrock in particular, I would
1: suggest, you know. Okay, and when you move further out now, okay, to your Glen Myers or your yeah. road to your, you know, Blarneys, Watergrass Hill, places like that, talk to me about that.
7: Yeah, like, that again has probably taken us somewhat by surprise, East Cork commuter towns like Cove, Cair, Toole, Whitegate, and particularly Middleton, you know, three bit of semis, you know... Um, Very high demand. We sold a place in Cove there pre Christmas, made almost 300,000. That would have probably been 250. And we're dealing
1: with three beds now, are we?
7: Three bedrooms, yeah. So 250 sold
1: for 300?
7: It, it would have made no. It made three hundred thousand uh, just before Christmas, but in two thousand twenty, it would probably made two forty five, two fifty based on, on on our research. Um, demand there was huge demand for uh, Glenmire as well. We launched a new development, Richmond Rise, in Sallybrook and Glenmire uh, in um, in the autumn of last year. Three bedroom semis were starting for three hundred from three hundred seventy five thousand. Four bedroom semis were starting from four hundred and twenty five thousand, and phase one sold out immediately.
1: That's a lot of money, isn't it? That's a lot of money, yeah. Is it value for money, though, or is it just that the needs must... These are A-rated properties. they have
7: a fantastic development in, in Richmond Rise, in particular. They're new homes. They're energy efficient, and you know there's a premium without a shadow of a doubt a new home, and that's what people are looking for. You know, and
1: of course, Glenmire is very accessible too, isn't it? As is Blarney, I suppose, because of um, you know, road. Well, certainly Glenmire is. With Glenmire know. is very accessible. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and yeah. you know, all these areas then are, are are people looking at you know schools, crash facilities, you know, shopping. Um, you know, traffic volume when they're looking at buying a house or are they just just not interested in and they just want a house.
7: No, they're looking at all those things, you know. And, you know. A lot of it will come down from where they're originally from and things like that as well. But services in the area is a huge, uh, huge uh, factor when, 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 when buying a property. But also what's a big factor is the property itself, you know, um, and how that's presented, you know. Energy rating, things like that come into, into the equation. But, you know, in terms of uh, property going to the market, uh, you know, for any people, anyone considering selling, how you present that property to the market is hugely important, you know. Uh, staging it presenting it properly getting a bit of advice on that
1: that can make a significant difference but why should it you. matter do you, ever say, do you ever put a house on the market that never gets a bid no right so does it really matter that you clean the house or have fresh coffee brewing and all flowers on the table Neil, th- it makes a
7: massive difference. We had a place uh, in, in, the, in the city centre last year, uh, a two-bedroom place. You know, it was nicely presented, but there was no furniture whatsoever in the property. That was just the way it was. It was vacant. All the, the, the stuff was removed. Uh, we, we struggled to get 200000 We staged it uh, in consultation with our vendor, and within three weeks, we had Uh,
1: $230,000 just by by putting in furniture and beds is it yeah absolutely and the inner city is there any demand then in the inner city or is there any properties available old terraced houses things like that yeah yeah, you know, the, the city centre
7: will always sell because you know you still have you will have landlords in particular looking at that uh, those type of properties and as, as I say earlier on you know people with true pension funds and things like that but that wouldn't really be first time buyers wouldn't be really focused. they the not
1: no. Would that be for the a uh, landlord to the rental market? Is it correct? Correct. Yeah. 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 And yeah. and apartments then is that an option that families young people would look to or do they want the traditional three bedroom with the front and back garden? Most
7: first time buyers will go for a three
1: bedroom semi in the backyard. You'll
7: have some that will buy yeah, apartments, but that's, you know, It, it primarily it, it, it's three bedroom semis that they will look at, you know.
1: Okay, so we've done the city centre, we've done some of the suburban areas. Never mentioned Balancholic, which, if anywhere, has gone on leaps and bounds. Ballincollig is the example, isn't it? It's yeah, an incredible place. Yeah, now. Absolutely,
7: you know, you've you a new town centre in, in Ballincollig. You mentioned services are they important? You've schools out there. You've, you know, you've access to the city centre. You've access down to, to to Kerry and West Cork and things like that. So that's a big plus. Ballincollig really has gone leaps and bounds without a shadow of a doubt. And you have a lot of newer stock in Ballincollig as well. Uh, when I say newer, it's built in the last ten years or so. And you know that will they will demand high prices out there.
1: Okay, um, when you move further out then, uh, is the best value to be had, say, in East Cork, way down, places like Whitegate, uh, North Cork, areas like Mitchellstown, maybe Mid Cork, areas like McCroom, West Cork, take your pick.
7: In terms of money, absolutely. But you know, we, we have a number of properties on the market in Whitegate at the moment, and and they launched uh, sub two hundred thousand, and they're mid twos now at the moment, up to two fifty. So again, huge demand down there.
1: That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So if you were to look then at say the most expensive three bedroom house they found in Dublin that it was 1.15 million in Ranala um, where would the suburb be where we would find the most expensive three bedroom house in Cork
7: I would think you're looking at your, your, your Douglas your Beaumont your Ballantemp and Blackrock and, and those areas in particular
1: and what's the attraction to that it's still just a suburb of the city not unlike others
7: location Um, access to the city centre, schools is a big factor. And again, as I said earlier on, plot sizes, the the, the, the plot sizes down there, you know, they're older type properties. They're, you know, they just give people more options.
1: And what would the price be? You're saying... At least five hundred thousand. At least five hundred thousand. At least five and that's for property.
7: Most of the properties that come up in those areas we have found and certainly the properties we've been selling, you know, have tended to be older properties that need modernization, need a bit of renovation. So, you know, you're you're, you're starting at five hundred five, five hundred, five twenty five, but you're certainly spending a hundred, hundred and fifty, maybe two hundred grand, depending on what you want to do in terms of extending in that as
1: well, you know? So would I be right then in summing up that what you're saying is it could be Douglas, Blackrock or Beaumont. Mm. It will be an old house with a big garden. Yeah. You'll pay five hundred and twenty-five thousand for it, and you will need to put hundred and a hundred and fifty thousand extra into it.
7: That's what that, that's that's what we would have certainly come across absolutely on okay. well. a number of occasions.
1: That's the question I asked you to take under your consideration, and you've done it brilliantly, Sean. Thank you so much. You're a gentleman. And Good there's only one you. way this is going to continue to go, isn't it? And I mean, we had a crash.
7: Yeah, I think it's slightly different this time around now in the sense that, you know, it was credit-fueled the last time, 100% mortgages, that's not the case now. You know, there'll definitely be an increase in property market uh, this year in Cork, I was just, you know, you had, you know, 5.5%, they're saying, in the city last year. Tribune semi certainly rose substantially more than that and that will continue for the next 12 months I would suggest. That
1: is amazing I mean back in the day you are right just finally where you say 100% mortgages was offered 105% was offered if you remember because they also offered fit out didn't they? Yes you could get a new house and a new car all thrown in into one deal. Okay and what are banks offering now do you know?
7: Typically ninety percent, eighty percent on uh, on um, on people who are moving up, but for first time buyers, typically ninety percent. Ninety
1: percent. And finally, while this isn't your area, are they twenty-year mortgages, twenty-five? Is there a thirty-year mortgage? There are thirty-year mortgages. Typically, people are. On average, I'd say
7: probably a 25-year mortgage would be a good average.
1: Fantastic. Sean, incredible job. Thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Very informative. Have a good day. Great talking to you. Have Cheers. Sean McCarthy, director at ERA Downey McCarthy. And you can get further details from ERA Downey McCarthy at www.eracork.ie. Back on more property stories after these.
0: The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter. At Neil Red FM, and you can
1: text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. And I would love to get texts and calls from you guys as to your own property stories, particularly if you're looking to buy and you've been bidding and outbid, or maybe you were successful, maybe you ended up paying an awful lot more money than you'd intended from the asking price. But do share, get an idea as to how difficult it is out there with regards to buying a new house. You can text 086-8104-106. if you have a story to tell. Please do share it with me, Neil at Red FM. Dot I-E. So we got an incredible amount of very, very, very valid information there from Sean right up to date with regards to the different suburbs and areas of Cork with regards to buying a property. In the past, we've dealt with Dave and the manager at First Choice Property, a lot of the time on air trying to sort out rental problems for people. He's been very kind and helpful. He joins me by phone. Dave, good morning. Morning, how, you? I'm good my man how much of that did you hear what Sean had to say from ERA
8: I heard a lot of it and I i, I can allude to a lot of what he's saying because while, uh, while I would say that um, you know he he, he, he empathises with people who are buying properties at higher prices I also empathise with tenants who are trying to rent uh, at higher prices too um, due I suppose due, due, due to the same reasons that he alluded to on the basis that um uh, properties are very, very scarce, especially family homes, okay, three, let's, beds the, so let's, three beds in the, in the suburbs,
1: etc. Let's look at that then from the point of view of the rental market for a three-bedroom semi. Is it the same in the rental market, that market, the locations that he spoke about that are desirable?
8: I would say that a three-bed anywhere in the city is desirable.
1: Okay, so, so people aren't as choosy or as demanding about location with regards to rent. Is that out of desperation?
8: It is out of desperation, yeah. People, I found that that, that a lot lot of people would have bought apartments in the boom time. They were single, maybe engaged, now have kids, they went through the negative equity situation, but they had to find a way of getting out of their two-bed apartment, so they have been looking for three-bed houses. And now these three-bed houses are being rented by people who are still only getting out of the negative situation and they're trying to buy from the likes of Sean you know Yeah. Um, but re- in reality, three beds are like hen's teeth, they're very very hard to get, four beds a little easier but they go, become more
1: expensive. Like you have a typical but, example don't you, of a Douglas home that you took back for re-rent, was it? That was
8: a, a four bed in Douglas. Recently. Four bed, Yeah. okay And um, That was uh, it, it was a four bed and by speaking to Brenda she was asking me what kind of rent were we looking to, to get for it we've secured a tenant for 2000 a month but we set the price based on the rent pressure zone regulations that are set out by the government I believe that if we put that property
1: up at two and a half grand we would have got a tenant just as easily right, ok, ok but you'd, so, have, less, and you'd th- have less tenants looking for it but you'd have got one
8: We would have got one, you know, but I I do, I am hearing anecdotally that, you know, private landlords are putting up um, um, rents beyond the rent pressure zone area. And that is, um, that's probably giving, I say probably, I should say possibly giving a, a false view of the rental
1: market in Cork. Because why? they The owner or the landlord is advertising it directly some, some, themselves? Some, some private owners and private landlords, they're taking a
8: chance and they're putting up the rent higher than they should be. And uh, as you know, the rent pressure loan was, sent, was set to try and... And um, balance the market, and to take to take the heat out of it, and to make it more affordable for tenants who are looking for homes to live in, and lo- and, 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 and and very often long term homes.
1: Okay. So, is there any typical rent in Cork then for say a three bedroom semi, or does it uh, you know? I does mean,
8: it- when when we get an inquiry about someone asking us to try and find them a property, my first question is what's your budget, and um, um and generally the budget that I'm told is 1300 euros or more. But in reality, at three bed, most properties we have, three beds, even two bed apartments, they're starting at 1500
1: and going up. So what will you get for yes. 1300? Very
8: little. Okay. Like again, if you're relying on a property that is stuck in the rent pressure zone and that the rent is frozen in around that area, out of the thirteen
1: hundred, yeah, you
8: might be lucky enough to get to get that. You okay,
1: know? okay. So and typically, it, it, a three-bedroom semi is going to be fifteen hundred. I think so. And, and in and areas rent. like yeah. that Sean referred to, like Douglas, Blackrock, Beaumont, more likely to be a three-bedroom semi for rent at two thousand. Yes.
8: Now we're getting a property ready right now. It's going to be unfurnished. It's a three-bed Douglas area. It's an older house but it's got a, a good BR rating of C1. It um, has been we're, we're reflooring it, repainting it, etc. And the market rent on that, due to the RPZ, is €1,500 Euros, or €1,505 Euros or something like that. But I think that is actually a fair price for the property.
1: You're, you're saying if there, wasn't a, if there wasn't rent pressure restri- zone restrictions,
8: yes, h- yeah. how
5: much I would think, you have got for it? Th-
8: I think 1500 is a true reflection of that property, Okay. Um, both from a, re- a regular point of view and from, you know, putting a property on
1: the market. Okay. Um, so when that goes on that, the market we- now, typically, uh, what kind of interest will there be? Okay, well,
8: right now we have lists of people who are looking for family homes, so I won't even advertise that property, right? Um, we are restricted at €1,505. Euros, so we are going to get the best price for our landlord, and that is, first and foremost, my uh, duty is to, to look after my landlord. Secondly, um, um, we have a list of, we have close on 50 people who are approved tenants for three and four bed houses. They've been looking for houses for, a year, for up to a year. Yeah. Now some of these people may have found property, so we won't go to them. but well i will generally go to the most prepared um tenant or applicant tenant those who have the best references those who have showed organization and who have showed that they are uh, i suppose mannerly indecent people that might i might be wrong sometimes but generally we will try and go for uh, the people who have applied in the best possible manner, and who would they, they
1: typically the be? Is that a couple? Is that a couple with children? Because Are they precluded if they I, have I, a dog? If they the smoke?
8: People, people looking for three and uh, and four bed generally have children, and um, most people. Landlords dog, didn't so like it, children. No, it, it, again, it depends on how the tenancy is, starts out and how it's set up. You know, I would explain to people that we're giving a property in very good condition. We will inspect it on a quarterly basis and expect uh, yeah, high standards, you know. While we, expect, we do uh, totally empathize that it's a family home and you're going to have, you know, a uh, uh, um, bit of wear and tear. Toys and a little bit messy. Wear. No, I don't know, a bit messy, but wear and tear is fine as well. But we'd expect people, if they're paying rent, they're renting uh, um, a valuable asset. And we explained to them that we expect them to take care of it, just like we, we gave them a decent product. And, and, and uh, looking
2: at looking
1: at the rental market then, would areas like for yeah. you, like Bishopstown and the Model Farm Road, um, be much sought after areas, hard to get, by, by virtue of the fact that unfortunately there are landlords in say the College Road area and Connect Avenue, places like that, uh, where they, they have a maybe a big house and they're, they're renting it by the room. I don't know, are they getting around rent pressure? Laws there, some of them aren't aren't with the RTB. Um, are, are those areas pressure areas? Well, if you say if they're not with the if they're not with the RTB, no one's
8: going to know. And I suppose if you're overcharging rent uh, above the, the 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 RPZ guidelines, a tenant can ask the questions and say, how was that um, rent? How how did you calculate but they don't ask those questions because they're desperate to get in
3: there.
8: Well, well, you see, again, again, that's where I think these landlords need to be brought to task. You know, if you're in situ, you're sitting there in in the property, you can still ask the questions when you're there. When you have a secure tenure, you can still ask the questions because you have six years to recoup any extra money that you may have paid a landlord.
1: Okay, so So what about then people renting... Sorry, go ahead. While a landlord
8: might getting away with overcharging, there's always the chance the chance that a, a past tenant can ask the question, and they have up to six years to recoup any extra money they pay to a landlord. And but, that can all be done through the RT. I
1: didn't know that. There's a, there's a
8: long you time force that for, You can definitely force the hand of the landlord if you think they are being unfairly overcharged.
1: So the further from the city are the, the suburbs you go. The cheaper the rent becomes, and in COVID times, of course, with more people working remotely and changing their work-life patterns, that probably suits a lot more people now.
8: Well, you say with COVID happened, we we got a huge, I suppose, um, uh, exodus from an awful lot of two-bed apartments in the city. They took a while to rent, a little a little longer than normal during the COVID time because we found a lot of people who were home from their offices to work from home they end up actually going home, home back to their parents, back to Whatever county they may have come from, and in some cases back to Portugal, back to Poland, and they were able to work remotely from home. But they are they're slowly coming back. No, sorry, I'm I'm
1: going off the point there. And say ask the question again. Too, no, sorry. I'm 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 just curious. Actually, it it begs another question now. Maybe because people are working remotely and also working from home, that they are actually looking for homes themselves, whereas before. They perhaps wouldn't have been and would have been going to the office that they want to strike out on their own and rent. What I'm saying is it's putting more pressure into the rental market. Yeah, well, possibly. And you do find that. Or was it the fact that all of those that went back to Eastern Europe freed up properties?
8: Yeah, well, not just Eastern Europe. I mean, they would have gone back to, Cavan or Dublin or wherever they came from. But what I what I do find is that if we're getting a two bed apartment ready for rent at the moment, and if it's got be, if it's been worn and torn, we will leave one room vacant, no bed in it, and we will tell the tenants, you know, we have potentially an office there. If you want a desk, we put a desk in there for you. If you want a bed, we put a bed in there for you. And generally speaking, if we do rent it to a couple who want to work from home, their, their office is generally going to up that room for them and give them the, the mandatory desk. And gotcha, yeah because, you know,
1: it's, yeah, because that's the way a lot so of yes, people is, are it rolling. need a
8: selling point that, that you have a, a home office space.
1: Okay. So of okay, okay. But one of the salient points that you made there is that you're not even putting houses up on daft because you already have the approved tenants on a waiting list.
8: Yeah, yeah. Well, that, and, that, and that is very, very good for us because it means that we have someone that we have met before. We have vetted them. We've checked their references, and therefore our landlord has the peace of mind that we're putting a decent tenant into their property.
1: All right, my man. Listen, thanks
5: right. for taking and the call today. Say, yeah,
1: we'll talk to you soon. Lee. No, you what? would say what? You wanted to finish your point. I didn't no, want to cut you off.
8: I'm I, sorry. I, I, I would say that that. Generally speaking, once we have those tenants approved and they go into to, to a, a landlord's property, 999 times out of 1,000, we're right. And our tenants are very, very good. Yeah. But you do get the very seldom one that slips through the net.
1: Gotcha. But if you're 50 on a waiting list for one rental property, one gets it, 49 are disappointed, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. Well,
8: I had two properties recently and uh, someone rang me, a friend of a friend of a friend, asked me could I look after him. And... I gave him the property that, that, that we thought suit his, his needs best, but at the same time, um, someone else came along looking for a property, the same property, and the original chap, we end up getting him somewhere closer to his child's school. It was a total fluke, but when we have a list of people, we know what their needs are, and we can get to know our tenants as well as our landlords, yeah. we, can, we can try and make things fit properly, and that way, that way everyone is happy. There's nothing worse than renting to someone out of desperation, and they're renting the wrong property due to pure desperation because they won't be happy their needs and we won't get a long term tenancy there. And that, you know, that tenant is looking over his shoulder because he's looking for somewhere better to get and they want to be closer to
1: their parents or they want to be closer to the city or whatever yeah, it is, you know. Yeah. So uh, desperation can, can, can be a bad thing. Yeah. So, an interesting point here. Uh, I work from home, offices in Maham Point, and we won't be going back. Will those blocks and all of those office buildings ever be used for apartments, do you think? Would they be easy uh, to refit, retrofit, or whatever the term is?
8: I, I I would see those offices as offices. We're going to be back in a somewhat normal world at some stage. I don't know when, but um, I know that they, 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 it would be very attractive to get more accommodation in the Mahan Point area. It's a serious commercial um, office and business area with a lot of employees, and we are screaming out for accommodation. But oh, would
1: it be impossible to, to to refit those office blocks as apartments? Would it?
8: No, no. But I'm not not a developer, but every developer's job. But I, I think that we will have people. I mean, there are brand new offices being built there at the moment. I don't think they're being built to be left vacant. Yeah, I know, I know. Multinationals. Yeah. We're going to be back to the normal stage. Uh, hopefully very soon, because the cold COVID thing is being tiresome, I suppose, is the best way That's to That's a good way of surviving it, way describing it. So, yeah. You know, if we can hopefully, yeah. I think that those offices will be filled with with workers again. And it would be ideal if, if the council and w- would work with with developers that are trying to get planning for decent-sized apartment blocks down there to accommodate, you know, young tech workers who are earning decent money, have the affordability to rent down there, and they want to they want to live where they're working. You see the rejuvenation of Monaghan Road and, and, and they, 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 the parks down there. Mm. You know, there's, there's nice amenities surrounding Man Point and it would be nice to, to get, you know, accommodation down there to help people who are living there Fair or play. are working there Fair and they will be
1: working there again no doubt about it Fair play we'll leave you on that optimistic note thanks Dave for taking the call as always well, Dave, Dave Wheeler Management First Choice Property and you can get in touch with them on uh, line as well I'll get you the details in the office number Back after the break.
0: This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM, 104 to 106, Red FM.
1: And first choice property on Monaghan Road, in Monaghan Road Business Park, and they're on 429 4496. 429 4496. I'd love for you to share your own stories, though, whether it's in the property purchasing area or indeed rentals so do get in touch um, certainly by email if you have a story to share neil at redfm.ie lines are open for all other business we'll come back to those texts as well throughout the course of the morning but you know the way we had all of the alcohol price changes there lately where they rocketed up particularly the price of uh, where before you bought a box or a slab of beer and you might have paid 20 and now you're going to find you're going to be paying 40 or even 47 in some cases, came, a great, came across a great post there uh, overnight of a cork shop who's got a cheeky new idea that bypasses Ireland's new minimum unit pricing laws on alcohol. Uh, and it's Sam's Gala down in Dunmanway. I was never great at the maths, so Colm O'Sullivan should be able to explain it to me. He's the owner of Sam's Gala. Sam, good, Sam, good morning. Colm, I should say, oh, good morning. Cool. I'm good. So what's what's the deal here now? Obviously, you sell beer. Um, you sell it by the slab. You have a new way of getting around the increase. How does it work?
9: Well, well that's your interpretation of the post, News. <laughs> um, because unfortunately, <laughs> after they brought in the public health alcohol act there in 2018. You're extremely limited in what you can do with alcohol. You Mm -hmm. can't mention it in a promotion. You can't associate it with anything else. And they've cleared that along the way, right? So my post clearly states that we're selling plastic glasses now for um, 30 euros. And uh, we then issue a credit note, not a voucher, because a voucher and (laughs) club cards, again, all of that um, on the 11th of January last year, you weren't able to redeem any of those so there's, there's nothing I couldn't say anything in law preventing you from exchanging um, a credit note and it just so happens that, that the credit note is the same price as some slabs of beer that we have and a Hoover and, um, and, and a mop so it's really your interpretation over there and I didn't say that
1: <laughs> well the mirror the mirror actually described it as a, a cheeky new deal that bypasses the unit pricing law <laughs> so if I buy 24 plastic glasses I yes. pay 30 euro for the 24 plastic glasses. And you yes. give me a credit note. To what value? Correct. For 47 euro, 34. Now, at the moment, I believe
9: Eamon Ryan is absolutely delighted with Sam's Gallant unmanner Dunman. According to a post I saw this morning, he
1: believes because he's made plastic so expensive, it <laughs> would deter anybody from buying it. <laughs> so what do I get for the 47.34 with the credit note?
9: No, I'll tell you what you can't get with it, Neil. Because I can't state what you can buy with it. Yeah, you can't buy spirits, wine. You can't buy four pack, six pack, eight pack, twelve pack, or eighteen packs of beer. You can't buy grocery, tobacco, <laughs> or you can't buy lottery products. So it's it's by omission really. Just so what happens there's a few products left there at the price that
1: you can redeem it for. Which is a slab of Budweiser, is it, or Carlsberg? That's your, <laughs> no, no. You're, no, no, you're right,
9: you're right. Yeah, yeah. but I couldn't say that, obviously.
1: Yeah, because is the forty-seven thirty-four? I'm, I'm just saying this. You, you're not say the forty-seven thirty-four. Is that the price on the shelf of uh, twenty-four Carlsberg cans? Is it?
9: Absolutely, coincidentally, it is Neil.
1: Yes, <laughs> yeah.
9: ah, there. That's the new price of them. I, I sound like a politician in the tribunal here. Now, that's your interpretation. You? No, no, you're, that's, the, that's the new price. That's, that's a prohibitively expensive price when they went from 25 and 26 euro. And, and as everybody knows, a lot of people were, were under, the, were under the, the illusion that it was it was a government tax. It wasn't. It's a bit like car insurance. It's something they put in a directive that you have to have where an outside company benefits from it. And on this occasion, For once, the retailer was gaining from it, right? And the margin on, say, slabs of alcohol went up to about 40-45%, which is just phenomenal. But, to be fair, my experience in the last seven days, it's been 45% of nothing.
1: Why? Because why? People weren't buying, is it? I haven't sold a single slab of beer since last Tuesday. (laughs) And you would have done before? It's not because it's January now, in fairness. Oh, no, no, no. No, no,
9: no. no. All this dry January, most people start at about the 28th of January. But, uh, no, the dry right January, it has nothing to do with... It, so it
1: starts with right and, uh, January, two days into the end of it. <laughs> <laughs>
9: it's like, uh, so, I, I the, started myself over the 30th.
1: But, but, you're, but you're selling this... Well, you, I'm not saying you are, but yeah. you could potentially sell the slab for 30 euro. Great. And are you still making a profit? You <laughs> would have made a bigger profit at 47.34. I would have had, but i I'd make nothing when nobody was buying it
9: you know um, like my costs haven't gone up the retailers cost for buying the product has not gone up okay Um, so it's grand to sit there and think wow this is phenomenal but not when when there isn't any, any customers buying it
1: yeah it's all very well for a retailer to say this is fantastic I'm now getting a 17 euro more profit on a slab of beer but if they're not buying it it's pointless Absolutely. No, no, it's an exercise in futility, from what I can see. You see, this has been touted for the last six,
9: eight months. Nobody's surprised about it. Everybody knew this was coming. But in anything that you ever read on the press, all they ever mentioned were spirits are going to go up to 22 quid and um, wine is going to go up to seven and a bottle of beer is going to be 180 or 190. Nobody had multiplied it out. Because if you look at it, right, six times more people die in Ireland every year from smoking-related illnesses than they do from alcohol, right? Yet if you buy... Cigarettes, which are highly highly regulated, on cigarettes you can buy a pack of twenty, twenty three, twenty seven, or thirty two. Yeah, and with cigarettes, the more you buy, the cheaper they are. Yeah, I know.
5: Like yeah.
9: on a pro rata calculation, a box of thirty two cigarettes on an individual basis is cheaper than buying twenty. But with alcohol, if one bottle is on the shelf for two euro, then twenty four sell for forty eight. Oh yeah, so there's nothing to factor in any element of discount there. I'm not talking about a huge one, but it didn't have to be of the severity of a difference of 17 or 20.
1: And and it was on a box or slab. But you're holding your hand up as a retailer saying, yes, it was the retailer was going to be making the extra money on this change in the minimum pricing unit. Uh, but you're also saying at the same time, while there was potentially more money to be made, if people aren't buying it, it's an exercise in nothing.
9: Oh, no, absolutely. It's an exercise in futility. The like, there isn't a retailer in the country who's delighted with this, thinking I'm going to make an extra 20 euro, because they know they're not going to sell it.
1: So, have you sold more beer since you
9: did this? Last night, we did, to be honest, yeah. People came in last night, and um, they availed of the offer. They bought the plastic glasses. They were delighted with the value in the plastic glasses. They received <laughs> the credit notes. Um, they traversed the shop, and they found, they happened to find some slabs of beer available at 47 euro 34 and they
1: uh, exchanged a credit note for that. All right. So they had the credit note for 47.34, uh, but they only paid €30 Euro coincidentally for plastic coincidentally, glasses. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely and absolutely. do you think that other retailers should follow suit? <laughs> I didn't I did know
9: Neil the way Ireland is. They're going to hang back to see if I'm going to be arrested in jail. <laughs> right. was because, I tell you something, that's exactly what I would do myself, i said, no, let your man off there now we'll and see how he can
1: Okay, off. so you're the pioneer, if they don't shoot you, others will follow. <laughs> Are you expecting to get a slap on the wrist over it?
9: I'm not really, because I believe I can stand over it. I saw a, a fantastic thing on Twitter this morning, some guy probably said on Twitter this morning, he said, um, the last time Don man would have seen crowds this big was for Sam McGuire funeral."
1: <laughs> they're all going to they're all going to Sam's Gala this isn't the first time I came across stories involving you didn't you have a a very funny summer job spec for young people there in the summertime
9: (laughs) yeah it went exceptionally well yeah my ad was just a bit different the most I outlined who I didn't want what I didn't want versus what I did want and it worked out exceptionally well can you recall the ad and what you didn't want (laughs) oh I can I want what I didn't want was I didn't want people coming in telling me that their daddy sent them down Um, (laughs) I wanted people that didn't need to be surgically removed from their phones and I wanted people that wanted to work He loved us all and did you you get them oh we did we had some great people in there during the summer and um, look they have a couple of lines now on their CV to progress on to other jobs again which is great for them everybody needs a starting point somewhere
1: <laughs> do you ever think you're doing stand up comedy? You probably do behind the counter comedy anyway, I suppose, yeah? I'd
9: probably make more than I would than waiting for make 20 quid in a scrabber beer. <laughs> well,
1: i let you get back to it. People <laughs> know yeah, where to. Really you need
9: A pleasure do to, to you,
1: again. People know where to go to buy cheap plastic glasses then. <laughs> <laughs> Take yeah, care, call. All of us, Thank you very much. All all of us all in the honour of Sam's Gala. And just, it's just a technicality. It's just coincidental. You know, if the beer on the the shelf is a slab of Budweiser for €47.34 at the new price. But if you buy 24 plastic glasses in the shop, you'll pay €30 for them. And you'll get a credit note to the value of €47.34. Coincidentally hope you can follow that back after the break. Call the Neil Prenderbilt Show now on the new number 0818 104 106. Yes, indeed. And Regina says with regards to house property prices, you talk about uh, couples and you talk about families with young children. Is there zero hope for anyone trying to buy a property on their own unless they're Elon Musk? are willing to live in the back arse of nowhere. Another one then with somebody trying to rent. Um, I'd like to keep my details private for now, but I'm trying to find a place in Bantry to rent. I've got a 22-month-old puppy who lives with me. I've contacted a few people who have houses to rent in the area, but they are not pet-friendly, and others are just way too expensive. One person wanted 1500 a month until the end of March, as I suspect they would then turn it into an Airbnb if any of your listeners could help i would be so grateful yeah that's very unfortunate isn't that they're you know that's greedy like we'll let you in there for you know half of january all of february and march but you're out then because we'll make more money on airbnb just a fast anniversary request uh, could you please say a big hello and congratulations to our wonderful parents marie and brendan crowley and um, they're celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary today. They love listening to the show each morning and you met them once during the summer when they were on their holidays in Port McGee. Well I'm delighted to hear that. We love them very much and want to thank them for being such wonderful parents and grandparents to Leah, Chloe Chloe, Emma and Ben. Thanks Neil. We'd be delighted if you could choose a song for them to celebrate their day. Don't know about the song but happy to give them a 50th wedding anniversary shout out from Owen, Joy Colin, Nicola, Jennifer and John. Okay we'll pick it up after 11
4: Hey, it's Kira. Tune in to Saturday Breakfast on Red FM from 7 a.m. and wake up your weekend with music, chats, and all that's happening in Cork. That's Saturday Breakfast on Red FM with me, Kira Revens.
0: New year, new number for Neo. 818
1: and we want to kickstart the new year for you. New year, new you with Satori Clinic in Cork. They're based down on Langford Row, just at the end of Summerhill South in the city. We have 150 euro vouchers to give away every day. Two winners. and You will win a 150 euro voucher each, every day. And then you can go get some treatments like acupuncture, cupping, and acupressure at uh, Satori Clinic. So, it all has to do with the new year and new you, so songs with new in the title. You need to identify the artists and titles in the correct order, ideally when they open the phone lines. Round about ten minutes to midday, here are the three songs. One more spin, then we'll open the phone lines. Two winners, callers 10 and 11, a 150 euro voucher each for Satori Clinic at Langford Row in the city. By email, I hope you're keeping well. Happy New Year to you and the team. Something I would like you to mention on air. Do parents really think it's a good idea to take their kids out of school to go on holidays right now in the middle of a pandemic? Are they that desperate to get away? I see a parent whose kids are in my school. Well, you could say, barely in school because they are now away for the past week and have missed countless days in the past year. This same mother is the one who's all over Facebook ranting and raving the schools are not safe for her kids and she doesn't want them in there. Yet she will take them on a plane away to a foreign destination. The mind boggles really. It's bad enough taking your kids out of school for a holiday, but in the middle of a pandemic have a bit of cop on. This same one will be all over Facebook now when she comes back going on about case numbers and blaming Norma Foley that her kids can't go to school. Yet she would risk their safety to go on a selfish holiday. Don't give up my details. Love the show. Well, you certainly have got yourself in a bit of a twist, haven't you? Now, some would claim that that's just the twitching curtain brigade looking through the window at other people's lives. Others might say that you have a valid point to make. I do think that um, people are entitled to get a bit of sun uh, and they possibly... I don't know whether, what, you know, you say this person is constantly ranting on about Facebook, but they're constantly going away on holidays over and back, over and back. I mean, each to their own, you know. Um, You've got to wonder as to whether or not they had a bad Christmas or didn't get... I mean, you're saying they didn't. Uh, you're saying they got holidays last year as well. But for some people, you know, they may not have got away at all last year and their circumstances might have prevented them from doing so. And, you know, maybe a bit of sunshine early in the new year wouldn't be a bad idea. I don't know how the kid, all the kids are, you know. Uh, maybe they just are, you know, financially... Uh, constrain somewhat as to what they can afford and might get a good deal in January I don't know I mean all of the above could be taken into consideration Anyway, I you know what other people think of that you can get in touch text 0868104106 is this a good time to be getting a bit of winter sun um, I had my booster on Monday 3rd of January it's over a week later and I still don't feel right after it I'm taking paracetamol every day drained with zero energy the day after the vaccine I was completely knocked out I had to lock off, log off work and slept the whole afternoon. I hope, I'm hope i hoping this feeling won't last much longer. I wonder how many other people are feeling like this after the booster jab. So there's another example. And We were talking with people yesterday on air who got rightly crocked after the booster. And just one quick one here, if you don't mind. My 13-year-old daughter used to be perfectly healthy and is now suffering the same as the lady you had on air. No help, no answers, no treatment, no long COVID clinics for kids. She's been out of school three months since contracting absolute disgrace our health minister and health system no long covid clinics for kids she's waiting for a monitor now for her heart for two months and was dismissed on all ENA visit, and visits so much so we gave up going to the a and only for her GP she would be in absolute bits here are her symptoms she can't stand steady constant fatigue no balance inside shaking She can't see, um, floating in and out of blurred vision, Uh, stomach pains, debilitating migraines, cold on the inside, cold on the outside, blackouts, falling down the stairs, leg pain, itchy legs, constant brain fog, chest pain, low blood pressure, black flashing in her eyes, confusion, feeling flushed and heart racing. I mean that is some amount of side effects, isn't it? And all from long COVID. Text O eight six eight one oh four one oh six. Pick up the phone on O eight one eight one oh four one oh six and that's exactly what Colin did. Colin, good morning. Hi Neil, how are you? It's a pleasure talking to you because you've been through the experiences and all that goes with the hell of buying a house during COVID, isn't that right? I have indeed. I and have how indeed. tough was it?
10: Uh it was a nightmare. It was it was a long, drawn out process and um like, it, it was all worth it in the end, obviously, but, um, like, there's, there's... Were you
1: were you buying? Were you building? Were you, building off, were you buying uh, off yeah, plans? I, I,
10: was, I was buying off plans, so um, I first went and looked at the house in March, April 2020. Okay. Just at the start of COVID,
1: um, and I got in in December Twenty twenty one. Okay, so off plans was they hadn't even started or broke ground, uh, they? they they? The show houses built all right, but right. that was it. Okay, okay. And do you mind me, because this could be good advice for people, because you're a young guy. Were you buying for yourself? Were you with a partner? Yeah. Were you looking at your no, children? No,
10: I was buying for myself as a sole applicant, um, and I went for
1: the rebuilding Ireland home okay, loan. Okay, so talk to me about rebuilding Ireland home loans and help to buy.
10: Uh, so the Rebuilding Ireland Home Loan is the mortgage provided by the local local authorities. I got mine with Cork County Council. Uh, so the banks are restricted with central bank guidelines at 3.5% your annual income. And the county council can offer you 4.5 times, which... Can open up maybe some more options. Oh, or so
1: rebuilding like Ireland through a city hmm. or county council, you can get four and a half times your salary. Yeah, assuming now you can make the repayments on a mortgage on that. Oh yeah, yeah. well they
10: will okay. check that and they'll take into consideration your rent and stuff like that. I was renting in
1: Bishopstown at the time, and um, so rebuilding so- Ireland home loan gives you a bigger pot. Um, yeah, mortgage-wise. Yeah. So and as
10: a sole applicant, like there's very little out there. You want to be on fairly substantial wages to, to get anything.
1: Um, and the uh, Rebuilding Ireland actually. Home Loan, is that available to everyone and anyone or is there a criteria? No, or? There,
10: there is criteria on the maximum you can earn and the maximum value of the house. I think it's up to about 300000 for couples
1: for... Buying a house. And no, wait a second. Now, is it the three hundred thousand for a couple? The value of the house or their combined salary?
10: Well, I think the combined salary is let's say seventy. I'm not exactly sure. And when you multiply that by say the four and a half times that they'll offer you, it's just it over three hundred. Three the hundred. The 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 loan of three hundred thousand or there or thereabouts.
1: So if, if an individual like you went after the rebuilding Ireland home loan. Um what was your, what was the salary cap for you? I think it was fifty.
10: 50. Uh, I was I was just kind of in and around the Okay the, the cap.
1: So So with a salary uh, under I fifty thousand you could get the Rebuild Ireland home loan. Did you get help to buy? Did you get a grant? Sometimes I, it can I be fifteen, seventeen, twenty well. grand. So
10: I was I was looking to buy the house before the enhanced help to buy. So I'd been saving for a couple of years before that anyway and uh, I looked at the house say in April and the enhanced help to buy came in in June or July. And what is that now? What's available? So the original help to buy was 5% of the value of the home. The enhanced help to buy is 10% of the value of the home. So it just kind of meant when I moved into the house, I had a few few bob left over. Okay, so help to buy
1: is a grant that's given to you by the state, is it? Yeah, it's a tax rebate, and I think it's in
10: conjunction with the revenue. Okay. So, it's, it is it is depending on how much tax you paid over the last five years. But that or, could
1: potentially give you 30 to 35 grand on, say, a 300,000, 350,000 home in tax relief. Yeah. 35 grand in tax relief.
10: Yeah. Okay. And that can be used towards your 10% deposit that you need for your mortgage or your... Or
1: your, they or your loan, they count that as part of the deposit, do they?
10: Yeah, yeah. You can use it for the entire ten percent deposit if you if you qualify for enough.
1: You um, can actually, they'll actually give you the ten percent.
10: Yeah. Well, it, it doesn't ever end up in your bank account, yeah. but through the actions of solicitors and vendor solicitors, and the stuff seller like that. gets it, or the builder, yeah. or whomever. Yeah.
1: Okay, okay. Yeah. So that's that's handy enough then when you're looking at through Rebuilding Ireland's home loan, you can get a bigger mortgage. With um, help to buy, you can get up to ten percent of the purchase price. Yeah, but a lot of yeah. that is eaten up by property prices that are way overvalued. Well, that, anyway,
10: that's that's the other side of it. The, the house I was looking for was put up on the market before the enhanced help to buy, and these these things had changed. So I was kind of lucky. I'd already uh, a booking deposit down before they like. I don't think they could change prices anyway. But the new bills now have all factored these. These grants, yeah,
1: and, and added to the in. fact, of course, that materials yeah, so have gone if the through house the roof. It was two hundred and now selling it for two hundred and sixty-five. Okay, you know. okay. So, how was it? How was any of that a nightmare? It sounds to me as if you did well, did the quite n- well. N-
10: nightmare kind of comes when you were supposed to be into the house, say in uh, December twenty twenty, and you're still renting in Bishopstown, and you're sharing a room, and there's a pandemic. You're sharing a house, and in the sh- you're you're renting a room in a shared house. Um,
1: was that that was because sites closed? Was it all oh, building
10: sites closed down? Yeah. yeah. So the the, the housing estate here was supposed to be kind of complete at the end of 2020, and it was nearly. You know, it was it was it was it was after that. You know what I kind mean? Of, was it six months,
1: late, six months nine late? Nine months late?
10: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was nearly nine months before I got in but and I was probably one of the first in Housing State. I was eager enough to get in before Christmas and get stuff sorted. They're still
1: So there you are now in your A rated three bedroom, is it, or four bedroom?
10: Yeah, A yeah, rated three bedroom. I turned the the small bedroom into a box room, kinda like they were saying on the, the for for working from home yeah. and stuff like that. And um yeah, I'm, I'm delighted with the place now. Like I said it was all worth it, but there was like some amount of delays and the rebuild in Ireland is great, but it adds an extra kind of layer of complexity dealing with Cork County Council who are also great, but they've got their solicitor involved and as you know when you introduce one more solicitor you introduce an exponential amount more
1: paperwork. But it's still it's still ninety percent of the mortgage though, is it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Still still ninety percent mortgage. So and, you uh, came up with the you came up with what, like thirty or forty grand, was it deposit?
10: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah, around in and around that. Yes, uh, I'm delighted for you. And and yeah. tell me, did you have difficulty finding somewhere to buy off plans? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. There was very few. That's
10: like one of the reasons why I ended up in coach is because you know Ballincollig, uh, Bishopstown, Carrigaline, Crosshaven. They're, they're the prices. They're just not they're not within the affordable ranges. Even yeah. if you qualify for these assistances, the houses aren't in the ranges to buy them.
1: I know, so you went further out and you got an aerated yeah. home a little further out, but a beautiful home nonetheless. What do you do with the other bedrooms? I mean, will you let? Will you rent a room? Or
10: um, don't for, care? for the next while, I'm just happy to have a bit of space to myself um, you got broadband oh, there went, fibre you know, and stuff everything's kind of quieting down we can have some people I'll have some people over and uh, <laughs> have a
1: housewarming
10: yeah. I don't know about a housewarming I'm not I'm not there yet but uh, definitely, definitely like to show it off to my parents and
1: so when you moved into that new home, was did you fully furnish it? Because years ago, people used to furnish room by room, bit by bit.
10: Um, well, I, I did all the flooring myself. The showers were done, thanks be to God. I did all the flooring. I bought couches and uh, paint and stuff like that, yeah, beds. Put them all together, flat-packed, <laughs> IKEA kind of deliveries. <laughs>
1: Yeah it was a busy busy Christmas. Busy and just Christmas. just a question I asked there I don't know whether you heard me or not. You're in Coachford doing a lot of work from home. Do you have f- high fiber broadband there or is it No uh, No is unfortunately it slow?
10: not. Unfortunately not. It is it is on the cards, but it'll probably be another six months. I'm using a hotspot off my phone.
1: Ah, you see that's a uh, bummer, like the game changes. It is would
10: at the fibre. moment, yeah. And even like some Netflix, like I'm managing off my phone. I've still got like sixteen meg speeds.
1: Is Netflix fun, not buffering all the time, no, pausing, no, crashing? It's, it's
10: managing fine. Now you wouldn't want to be watching Netflix while working from home, <sighs> while.
1: Boiling the, while boiling the kettle <laughs> yeah exactly
10: but if you're doing if you're doing one thing at a time it's not too bad um, <laughs> right. and I, I work in IT so I kind of yeah. I, I've got, got my way around it it's not ideal
1: networks, for you yeah. three networks yeah, yeah buffering oh yeah, hot, hot spotting off your phone not ideal listen it's lovely chatting with you I'm delighted with your new home and uh, hope you are too Thanks very much, Neil. Have a good one. Best you too. Luck. Take care, Colin. Keep Cheers. those stories coming. Text 0868 Email neil at redfm.ie.
0: If you want to speak to Neil Prenderville in the new year, you'll need the new number 0818 104 106.
7: Please hang up and try again.
0: Corks Red FM. I love those Text the Neil show now.
1: 086-8104-106. i get as many calls FM. as I can between now and midday, I promise you that. Uh, but I love the variety of the different topics that we deal with on a daily basis. And there was something in the newspapers this morning that another song now has gone to the um uh the Demolishers or the Dismantler's Yard. Elvis Costello's Oliver's Army has bit the dust. And it's bit the dust by he himself. He said that he's cancelled himself. He's done singing Oliver's Army. And he's urging radio stations to stop playing the controversial track. He, I'm not playing the controversial part of the track that he's referencing to, of course, the N word. He might be annoyed that I'm even playing a hook of it. The hook, as they call it, of the chorus, but within the song he performs uh, and has done for decades and decades, there are a couple of lines in it that many people find offensive. I'm not going to read out the full lines, but it uh, it you, you'll get the idea when I tell you the line that he sings is: "It only takes one itchy trigger, one more widow, one less n- white, and you'll know what'll rhyme with that." But anyway, James is in a bit of a tiz over it. James, good morning. Morning. Okay,
11: <laughs> I just find it mad <laughs> that uh, some, some songs have given so much issue, uh, and yet you have something like, I believe it's Carly B is the name of the artist who sings pretty outrageous lyrics uh, about women and various things, and there seems to be no issue
1: women yeah well it's it's her singing about her sexual exploits so what you'd like to get i'm and i'm putting it very very mildly i mean the lyrics are so absolutely. over the top they're quite you be like some might find them disgusting i just think they're ridiculous but you know it's well, just
11: but, but it's not all like i mean it's all in art or entertainment or whatever so what's the issue like i mean most of the rappers were of a certain uh, origin they use that word all the time.
1: Yeah, I, under- the time. I understand all of that. When you talk about the lyrics to WAP by by Cardi B, of course, um, you could have 10, 12, 14-year-olds singing these lyrics and they're just completely over the top when it comes to a child singing these sexual lyrics. Yeah, yeah.
11: Like, and I wouldn't be a fan of Cardi B, more a can of Margot, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I've uh, nothing
1: wrong with that. He's
11: to no, his no, own. You know, it's, it's just where does they stop? Like Tommy Tiernan is going to go out of business if this keeps going, because he's fairly choice in his in his um, taking out of et- 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 ethnic groups and various other things.
1: And yeah. you know, well, I mean, it's it's it's. I know what you're saying, but in this case, it's Elvis Costello who says that he's not going to oh. play it anymore, and he doesn't want people to play it on the radio anymore. Well, could you blame him? Is he cancelling I himself ahead on. of being cancelled?
11: But Shane McGowan has the same had the same issue, or has had the same issue for the last two Christmases. I'm well, not, Shane McGowan about the about his uh,
1: yes, about Shane McGowan, the Pogues' fairy tale of New York, yes, yeah. Yeah, well, a flag is uh, uh, well the F word, yeah. Well, I wouldn't go using yeah. it on the air, though, but in the context no, of what no. he's used it in the song, he's actually come out and said, OK, well, if people don't want to play it or hear it, don't. It wasn't... He, he actually said along the lines of, he didn't mean to cause offence and don't take it out of context. But you know the story behind um, Oliver's Army, don't you, about the troubles in the north and... Oh, well, yeah,
11: yeah, The but reason several you wrote. People, Several people, first-generation Irish... In the UK, artists have sung a lot about the Troubles in Ireland and the Troubles in the North.
1: And, he, and that's where he was coming from when he wrote that song, because that term was used apparently back in the day. And indeed, that's what his grandfather was called when he was in the British Army. He was saying it's an historical fact what he was singing about. But mm-hmm. if it's offensive, then listen, just park the song.
11: But you also had earlier in your program this morning. There was a, you were pulled up on on another uh, um, topic you were talking about. Like where does this all stop?
1: <sighs> That's the world we're living in, man. It's moving at a very fast you pace. You're only bringing
11: the news. Like you're only bringing the news on that one, and yet you seem to get sort of. Um,
1: oh, you're you're referring oh. to the broadcast complaint, is it? Yes, ah, well, that yes. that's part that comes with the job. I mean, people are entitled to criticise or to pull me up. In the, in that case, it was deemed that I wasn't um, that I wasn't fair enough or balanced enough, or I didn't oh. ask as many rebuttal questions as I should have done in the interview. I, I mean, I accept that I'm not going to get everything right. That comes with the territory. You know, you 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 move on.
11: But there's right and common sense, is
1: there not? Well, yeah, listen. I understand that. I mean, it, it, it's one of the intricacies of the job. Balance is important, and some people would take on. But is home,
11: just the authority are supposed to be fair and equal about?
1: Well, d- they did. They looked at both sides. They listened to the audio. They li- they they read the um, the submissions by those that were unhappy with it, uh, and they made the decision to partially uphold the complaint. So that listen. I'm big enough and ugly enough to be able to take that on the chin, move on, and uh, uh, and dust they myself down. To,
11: they always seem to fall the same way,
1: though. Ah, the of I'm not going to I'm not going to comment on anything outside of the actual complaint that was made against me uh, in the interview on that day. I know, I know. I, know. I actually always thought that I, you know, let me give, I always thought that Oliver army had more to do with Oliver Tambo and the battles that were going on down in South Africa at the time. So I learned a new thing here in the sense that it had more to do with Northern Ireland than that, you know. No, and well, I think, I and actually, I think when you refer to Oliver, he was talking about Oliver Cromwell. Cromwell, yeah, that's amazing. Anyway, well, you th- Cromwell, you th-
11: you yeah, go ahead. Sorry, there's five or six first generation artists who have done songs in the UK and and mo- about Ireland and the history and the troubles and the War of Independence. I mean, it's very t- Topical subject for a lot of You No,
1: I understand that. But the N word is an unacceptable word to use in any context now. And therefore that's why all you know I suppose that's why Elvis Costello was also and said, I get that, I understand that. Park the song.
11: Yeah,
1: Yeah. I mean I you could would you context. think people should beep the line or beep the word? Would that would that be a, a Gosh, an alternative? like I mean it, it, it,
11: it, surely are you going to have a watershed on music
1: you well know. when it when it comes to Cardi B perhaps that's needed because you don't yeah. want an 8 or a 10 or a 12 or a 14, 15, 16 year old singing that song with his or her friends, you just don't but there was very
11: little reaction to it our, 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 our,
1: well let me put it to you this way, I, I couldn't broadcast it you couldn't broadcast it. You I weren't allowed. I couldn't. I just couldn't. In all, in all oh, fairness, no, I just, I, I just couldn't. I, yeah, I just couldn't play that. I just couldn't. I mean, it's got the, it's got the n word in it and everything. I couldn't play it. certainly <laughs> bad.
11: I mean, it's only when you go through the lyrics. Like, I mean, not listen to it when you can actually see the lyrics. I mean, they're, they're You know, I'm not stopping being goody, but they're gross. Vile. there you have? And I've heard very few um, female or lady artists or anybody else mention it. You know, which I thought they might have said something about it.
1: Well, when you move into the areas of hip hop, hip hop or R and B, rap, uh, the lyrics change greatly. You know, I mean, you're not like you're not going to compare those kind of lyrics with the the lyrics of an Adele song, for instance. You know what I mean? Different market. Uh,
11: If Adele had met a nice guy when she was 17, she'd probably be married now with two kids and walking on Tesco, but she met her. <laughs> A bad one and it gave her a life experience to write songs for the rest of well, her life. Well
1: week. said, James. Well said. Okay, let me get some other opinions on this. Thank you for yours. Thank Appreciate that. it. That's that. Elvis Costello's Oliver's Army has gone to the um uh, as a, what that the music graveyard, I suppose. Uh, but at the same time, Cardi B hasn't
0: calling Red FM studio, call the new number, 818 Okay
1: I've just got to our phone lines Sharon's holding. I'll come back to her in a few minutes time John good morning,
11: morning you, how you I know I
1: know i have been trying to get you on for a few days my apologies for that we have more changes back. in the coming now in the in the coming days uh, possibly very even faster that don't include your good self and you know those changes have to do with uh, people who you know, are close contacts who won't have to go isolate they can just get on with their lives and then uh, yeah, even those who who have been uh, vaccinated and test positive their isolation periods is cut from seven to ten, none of that from ten to seven. None of that applies to you. So any of the changes are for the vaccinated. How do you feel about that?
12: Well, this idea, and it's still out there, that NEPIT were getting together a paper and presenting it to government, right? And the recommendation was that to consider mandatory vaccination, right. Now, to me, the non-Belgium to Austria, because I know some countries like Austria and Germany and Italy are going down that road for people over 50 and people walking... I went
1: Australia through that on the air yesterday. I don't know if people yeah. heard it, but you're looking at maybe six or eight European countries that have put in restrictions. Most yeah, of them are for they, public health workers, but, 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 but there is one or two countries that are fining um, €100 Euro per calendar month um, if yeah. you don't get vaccinated.
12: Yeah, and what happens if you don't pay the fine, you end up... It goes to, to
1: 200 money. the next month and 300 the month yeah. after.
12: Well, I mean, that, that's a, a, gross, a gross invasion of civil liberties, like you I mean, and the, the right to actually exist on the planet. Um, but, look, Mihal Martin said they're not going down that road. But I just wonder, like I mean, because, look, I've had a major problem since the very I started this, because we're now living, Neil, in an apartheid state of all the people on there, like we represent the Vintners Association, and I know they're under pressure, but unfortunately they're operating in an apartheid system which locks 5% of the population who are unvaccinated, which I happen to be one, and a lot of my friends won't be allowed in. Yes, all the people that are vaccinated in boosters that they're allowing in are now kicked out in the street at 8 o'clock. So I can't get in, and the people who are vaccinated are being passed out in the street at 8 o'clock. The whole thing is in disarray. Now, I just wonder, there was just a wonder in me that if they had went down the road of mandatory here in this country, would the people have went along with us? Because I never thought I would see the day that the Irish population would just kind of go down and just get along with us. You couldn't travel over five kilometers. You couldn't see your mother and father or grandparents. Uh, no PPE, uh, person protection was provided that you could hold their hand in their dying. You couldn't go into the graveyard, only a, a miserable couple of mourners. I mean, there was a myriad of stuff there like, and people just went along with it. So I just wonder if the mandatory had been brought in, would people have just went along with it?
1: Okay, incidentally, let's wait and see what happens with regards to Golfgate. Let's wait and see if anything ever happens with regards to the champagne quaffing party and the Department of Foreign Affairs. Uh, Yeah, we know that the Healy Rays didn't get any sanction because the DPP didn't proceed with any case. We know what's going on in Downing Street and British government with all of the parties they're having. I mean, God, it was like a party almost every month last year, uh, while other people, of course, were being told they could only meet one person outdoors. I understand all of that. Your, your point being, would the 95% of people vaccinated march on the streets for the unvaccinated if there was a law brought in place for mandatory vaccination yeah, because I of civil liberties, think, is
12: it? Yeah, I think there's a big question, Mark, I to know, what people just uh, look to hell to it? Look, in mean, if they're going to bring it in, we're vaccinated and to hell to the five or six percent that are not vaccinated. And why
1: would there be a worry? Because you don't know where what they do next, is it?
12: Well, well you see, the trouble is, like, no politician, no political party has just addressed or no... Anyone representing the Vintners or the rest of themselves or anyone knows, has said that if they get to go ahead again to open up one hundred percent, right? That are they still going to be told by the government that it still applies that you must forevermore know the present accord of being asked going into a premises, are you vaccinated? And if that be the case, are they going to implement that? Because if that is the case, me and Forever the Forevermore. That's what I'm saying, yeah. I mean, but nobody has told me that. am I I'm eventually, and all the people out there with the, in the 5% packet, right, that are unvaccinated, they're unboosted, are we ever again going to be loaded? So is, path, is, is, is exactly?
1: there are many people who are unvaccinated living in fear that it will always be this way?
12: Well, I'm 100%... I, I've met rakes of people that come up to me and ask me that, like. You can also see what's happening now as regards international travel. No, you've got a passport, right? And that passport is a sovereign legal document. Guaranteed by the Irish government that the bearer shall be uh, not hindered under their travel. Guaranteed by the Minister of Foreign Affairs. Guaranteed by the Irish government because it's a sovereign legal document, Neil, right? Yeah. The the booster vaccine that you've no need to travel in Europe is not a sovereign legal document. It's part of the Emergency Health Act. It's not a sovereign legal document. So as no more Irish password and all the other people out there that are not vaccinated and boosters that want to take a foreign holiday, is their Irish passport no redundant?
1: You you could get your PCR, though, and do your antigens and PCRs before coming back and going out and everything, and you could still travel, right? Well, I mean, apparently,
12: you now they're bringing in the rule like, I mean, uh, that you have to have a booster and you're not travelling, and that's it.
1: Where? Anywhere in Europe. When?
12: No, that, that, that came out last week. I mean, that they're, they're implementing the, that they're obviously, you have the first two are made redundant. I mean, the first two vaccines, it's all down to the booster no. So it's no a booster vaccine. You need not a COVID vaccine. So, you,
1: you, yeah, but if, if you have no vaccinations and no boosters, you're saying that every single country is going to close down to everyone who's unvaccinated and they won't even bother with the PCR?
12: Well, I mean, that seems to what's been t- told. If you've got to boost the vaccine to, uh, for international travel, you won't be allowed. Now, that, again, that's up to the Irish government, I mean, to stand up for the Irish uh, citizens. As I said, is our passport no void. Right. And I, I, I listen to Paul Montgomery, who runs a very good house, uh, and all the houses that he have, and Billy McCabe, very good pubs, and they're great pubs to socialise with, Queen Lane and have been in there all, while, but... I'm sick and tired of listening to him like a man coming on. Why don't they band together and tell the government, listen, we cannot operate with the whole system at 8 o'clock nearly right? We need to go back to proper trading, right? Stand up, band together. Don't be coming on the shouting to Nile or someone else in some other station, right, I mean? And be looking, because, I'll be honest with you, I mean, I have much sympathy for them because for the simple reason, they don't care about the likes of me.
1: they're, no, they're not. They're, in the not system. they're not, actually. They're following the rules and the law, and they they're are, not shouting I mean, and roaring. They're, yeah, I mean, they're having... Well, well, you see, if they want to get back to normal trading... They
12: have to get band together and tell the Irish government, we cannot sustain our business going forward than this. They need to stand up and they need to set a base and they need to get a spokesperson, a or You know,
1: You know that every day that passes, more of the unvaccinated population are getting vaccinated. Is that because of the worry and the fear that you're suggesting people think that this will go on forever?
12: Well, I mean, there's a lot of the reason, let's be honest, I mean, it's not that people actually believe that the vaccine is, they wanted to go to Lanzarote on the holidays and they wanted to socialize, right, especially the younger cohort. So
1: right? they're taking a, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Like, is it fair to ask again why you won't get it?
12: I'm terrified of it, and listening to the the report you got the last couple of days with the side effects there, I'm doubly terrified now, and that's the reason, because this is a new vaccine, it it got an emergency license, it won't be fully licensed until 2023, and nobody knows going forward what the side effects are of this and what years I have left Neil I want to be healthy and hold on to my health and I want to live a bit longer and yeah. I'm terrified and the people I've spoken to out there, they won't take it, that's the very reason, they don't trust it, they're
1: terrified Yeah, okay, like my understanding of being able to travel, I know that some countries do and don't and I'll have to get a list of those that prevent people unvaccinated going into the country but it depends on the country, doesn't it? You can travel with negative PCRs but probably not everywhere. Not everywhere, no, yeah, no, uh,
12: no. Yeah. Well if you want, as a way of to live on the line, like she's pushing for the the mandatory um, booster vac- vaccination that you have to show that 100%, otherwise you're going
1: nowhere. Okay, okay, okay. Listen, food for thought. Let's we'll see what people make of your conversation. Appreciate yeah, it. Those, John, cheers. You're going to hang thank in there that. though under no circumstances will you ever, even on the on, on pain of not being able to fly in a plane or get into a pub. You're not, not going to change. Not, 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 not even in my cold dead arm. <laughs> right, okay. Thanks for that, John. John O'Donovan, text 868 Back after the break.
0: neil has got a new number. Call him now on 0818104106 Cindy,
1: yes, Indeed, you can also email Neil at uh, redfm.ie. Johnny Boy, not everybody agrees with what you're saying. I'm watching the text coming in on this one already. Uh, someone says, uh, John was all for solidarity when it suited his agenda, when it involved the water charges. Now, can he please show his solidarity when it involves the health of the nation? Uh, he is just showing his true colours. And also, perhaps you might get an opportunity in the future to ask John if he would take medication in hospital if he got sick. Um, and there's more like that. So text 0868 Read out an email earlier on this morning. Some would call, perhaps call this person a busybody or being overly nosy or should mind uh, her own business. Um, do parents really think it's a good idea to take their kids out of school to go on holidays right now in the middle of a pandemic? Are they that desperate to get away? I see a parent whose kids are in my school, you could say barely in school because they're now away for the past week and have missed countless days this past year. It's interesting you know all of that. Uh, this same mother is, one, is the one all over Facebook ranting and raving that the schools aren't safe for her kids and she doesn't want them in there. Yet, she'll take them on a plane to a foreign destination. The mind boggles. It's bad enough taking your kids out of school for a holiday, but in the middle of a pandemic... Have a bit of cop on this same one will be all over Facebook when she comes back, going on about the case numbers and blaming Norma Foley for her kids not being able to go to school. But she would risk their safety to go on nothing more than just a selfish holiday. So that was the email text on that text. Oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Sharon, good morning.
13: Hi, Nancy,
1: How are you? Um, are you? What do you what do you agree with her? Disagree with her? Is it any of her business?
13: Oh, absolutely disagree with her.
1: Um, you are you on a speaker phone, Sharon?
13: Um. I have my earphones on actually.
1: All right, just, cl- just whip them out there and go back to okay. the old fashioned way of chatting. One
13: second.
1: All right, take your time. Better? Could be better, yeah, go ahead.
13: Yeah, um, actually, uh, we're, we're in Upper Glamire and the reception is so bad, so I left go by the back door, <laughs> by the front door. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> <God. laughs> it a nightmare. Just yeah. so, night, saying, i so nice to make a call. Um,
1: You're grand now. So, you call yeah. her a horrible woman? Yeah,
13: yeah she is. I know the type, though. She's she's up at the school, man. She's one of those ones who's up at the school first, you know. The school finishes at two or three and she's there about half one. Um, <laughs> half one or half two, gossiping, <laughs> waiting around, you know. And she's spreading all the poison around
1: the place <laughs> uh, in, uh, Incidentally maybe some people like to go to school early because they might be at home they all day
5: space. No, one <laughs> I know No, no, no. Nice.
1: They get a parking space but they all this might be the only pe- adult conversation they might have in the whole day
5: Yeah
13: I know there's a lot of those and they just sit in their car and they're they're no they might sit in their car and they, it's fine to have a bit of time to yourself but you know there's always a few who are up at the front gate Yakety and
1: yakety yakety gossip yeah Yeah,
13: yeah. and yeah. it's all yeah. too yeah, like you don't mind, it was positive, but it's all negative. It's like, oh, who'd she think she is? And look at her, we a brand new car. And, you know, things, stupid things like but that. But is it, is,
1: is it not calling out somebody who's very strong on social media about the pandemic and yet at the same time is pulling her kids out of school and heading to Tenerife for something?
13: Yeah, I can see it from both sides. But, well, I can't really say that, ladies. Um,
1: is, it, is, the is the question is is it right, is it fair, is it safe
13: to take them out yeah. to be honest it's a matter of opinion, it depends on the individual family because like I myself have suffered from like mental health issues when I had my second child I post mental depression and ever since then I'm a lot more easy I don't worry about silly things, I, I try not to get stressed, you mm-hmm. know because Mm. stress is a trigger yeah. and like when I'm up in that school and they're running around and they're not even looking at each other and they're all ready to, to know they look really angry and I'm like oh, just not able for that. They're under, I suppose
1: they're under pressure at a time when, I mean if you think about you know, school quitting time you mentioned traffic there and parking yeah. or trying to find somewhere near the school or yeah. waiting around and the anxiety and the stress of all the other things you have to do and you're caught in traffic and you've nowhere to park, you know, they're probably wound up, you know.
13: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I've been there. I've been there. I'm kind of out the other side now, you see, because my, my two daughters have gone to secondary school. Um, one's in first year and one's in, in transition year. But the primary school was just mental. Our school in particular, it's just the parking is so bad and people people are nearly fighting with each other for the space, you know. mm I know. And,
1: uh, I know, and a lot of the time, the schools are in residential areas, and they don't have big, huge car parks to park up and wait. It. Exactly. But with regards yeah. to going on holidays during school um, times, is there like, ever is there ever a time she, when that's okay? I
13: don't think she's right or wrong. To be honest, I agree. It depends on the, the age of the kids as well. Like, are they in primary or are they in secondary? You know what I mean?
1: Uh, it it doesn't say, but for some reason, I'm, I'm inclined to think maybe primary school. I don't know why.
13: Yeah, they probably are. Like, I, I wouldn't imagine... I wouldn't take my like, kids Like, going
1: food. on holidays in January, for instance, to a sun destination, maybe it's maybe it's more to do with the adults who want to go away and are bringing the kids with them as opposed to wanting the kids to get a bit of sunshine.
13: No, I think it's a, it's a family thing.
1: Why January, though?
13: Because it's a depressing month. Why not? You know?
1: Are they it's safe a... for out of school on a sun holiday, then?
13: Yes, I think they are. Like... Friends of ours invited us. They went to Lanzarote for Christmas, and they invited us to go, but we didn't because of COVID and everything else. They went off. They had a fantastic holiday for two weeks in the sun. We're sending pictures. Thirty degrees, whatever.
1: During during and, school during school days? No, no, no. Ah, sure, like that's. I mean, were,
13: <laughs> no, but let me finish. <laughs> yeah. um, I they went to and as day for two weeks, but they invited us to go, and we didn't because of COVID, and. They went off had a fantastic holiday and they came back and they're you know they're in grey form and they're nice and refreshed and we ended up my husband ended up catching covid so we were stuck in the house for 10 days and we could have been over there do you know what I mean so <laughs> I,
1: know, I know but you I know but you can't win like you could equally have gone over well, and all of them could have come back and they could have all got covid out there so could, you don't know they it's a lottery no,
13: but they, they seem to be I don't know. They seem to have a better
1: handle on it over there. Yeah. Well, do you think for your mental health, a bit of summer, a bit of uh, January sunshine? Yes.
13: Yeah. Like, myself and my husband, like my family, we go on, we probably go on about two or three holidays a year. But people might think, oh, they must be loaded or where'd they get all the money? Like, we, we rarely go out. I'm not into labels. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I buy a lot of my clothes from... Yeah, some
1: people like to travel and they save accordingly. Yeah. yeah.
13: And that's yeah. our thing. Yeah. I'm so not worried about... Do you know what I mean? I, I don't spend a lot of money on clothes or anything like that. Or the house.
1: Is it anybody's business if somebody takes their children away in January that's, during school that's hours? The
13: point. That's the point. Should I'd
1: we all think. just be minding our own business?
13: Exactly. Yeah. She's, do you know, she shouldn't be getting involved.
1: If somebody said, somebody said by thing. text, Neil, you were talking earlier on about the true figure. Well, it wasn't me. It was the papers were saying that there was probably 500,000 a week, 500,000 a week testing positive in Ireland over the past couple of weeks. Surely yeah. you'd be better off abroad, wouldn't you?
13: <laughs> it's true. I totally agree. Uh, I totally agree. And right. I'd love to bloody move out there, to be honest. All
1: right. I, uh, and have you anything planned this year with a bit of sunshine and vitamin D? Oh, we
13: do. We have... Um, we have, it's actually not, not something we do every year, but it's, it's family, it's a trip of a lifetime. We're going to America. Wow. We're going to Orlando, and then we're going on to Boston. My best friend lives in Boston, so we'll stay with her for five days. Oh,
1: Florida and, then, and Boston. When's that booked yeah, for?
13: It's booked for June.
1: Oh, um, you're counting the days.
13: And then we're going to New York after that, because my girls are teenagers. So now I have a 13 and a 16-year-old. And they, they've they never seen New York. They and are going
1: to give them the trip of a lifetime. Yeah, well done, exactly. Mammy. Well done.
13: And I hope they appreciate it. <laughs> they will appreciate it. know <laughs> knows my kids do
1: so this. Maybe not while they're there, but in years to come they will.
13: Yeah. And sure, they went to Australia. We went to Australia about, five, about four or five years ago, because my baby brother lives over there. And... Um, Australia, we, yeah, we, yeah. Yeah. I
1: loved Australia once... I'm not, I'm not sure that I'd ever want to go back again. I think, for me... Oh, wh- you, were been, wrong, you were in the wrong place. I though. know, I did I did fanta- I did. did Fantastic. the best of things down there because my sister's down there and she planned loads of things. But once it was all done and all of it the long like, travel and everything, that's grand, that's ticked. Like, come home, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I never kind of ever got a nurse, <laughs> never got a nurse to want to go back.
13: <laughs> well, I lived there for a year when I was 21. I went off when I was 21 with my friend, two of my friends. Karen and Ola and yeah yeah, and (coughs) my mum was a nervous wreck because I'm the only girl they've five brothers and she 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 was afraid because they'd never come back. I know,
1: and that okay. happens too. All right, <laughs> listeners, lovely chatting yeah. with you. I'm glad the Thank phone line you. worked out. Take care, Thank Sharon. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Okay, Bye. is it any of our business whether kids are taken out of school to get a bit of summer or get a bit of sunshine in January? Text 0868104106. Now, competition time. Just before I love you and leave you, a little bit of audio I want to play as well. Can you talk to me about that audio if you don't mind? we just in a second because you can explain it better than me. So these three songs, artists and titles in the right order, please. For a, we have two winners. Callers ten. Eleven, a one hundred and fifty euro voucher each for Satori Clinic, and they're down on Langford Row in the city. You can get acupuncture, cupping, acupressure, and lots of other treatments like this. These are the three songs. Whoa! Get dialing now, 0818104106. Seymour's just giving me some audio here. Apparently, I was referencing the Djokovic story again this morning. The Djokovic case for him is coming off the tracks a bit now, apparently, because of the statement that he made in the, um, you know, the uh, forms that he filled out before he traveled. Um, but I did all that earlier this morning. Apparently, this is two Australian newsreaders who are now in hot water over their off-air comments on Channel 7 News about Djokovic. Uh, they called him an a-hole. Uh, they thought they were off air, but the camera was still rolling. This—I uh, haven't heard it, so this is broadcastable, is it? She's nodding her head.
6: Whatever way you look at it, no, don't talk a it. He's a lying, sneaky. Yeah. You know, yeah. a <laughs> a <laughs> like whatever way you look at it, it's yeah. unfortunate that that everybody else stuffed up around no, him. That, that's it. To go out when you know you're COVID positive. Well, yeah. I don't think he was there, even COVID positive. Oh, I, I think, think that form f- is f- true. You got a excuse me, there. Can. Fell over his own lies, which is what happens, right? Yeah, that's what's happened And then he him now, then ticking. He didn't go to Spain. Yeah, it's just like yeah. yeah.
2: Oh. <sighs> but I think I think he's going to get away with it.
6: Oh, well, he's going to get away with it. Yeah, I just. But
1: he's. Just... <laughs> I almost... think most fair-minded people would say Look, the likes are not <laughs> Did we did they did they do the right thing by him? I don't know.
13: No, like, I don't. I, I don't.
6: F- I don't think so.
1: That's the problem, isn't
6: it? I don't think I don't think anything was gained by putting him in in no. immigration. I
11: no, I don't That's think so. But the good. trouble is how do you justify that person's on the same plane
1: with him who also has
6: he can't justify it, but the fact is life is never fair. Yeah. Some people fly first class and some yeah. people do you know what I, like yeah. it's never fair.
1: But that poor Czech girl that was I sent know. home, hunted down and sent home. Yeah, but- That happened live. The cameras continued to roll. They thought they were chatting off air but why didn't anybody kill the camera why didn't anybody kill the sound why did it just keep rolling why did it even get broadcast
2: Any I think ad- someone leaked it actually it was so, an outtake yeah I think it was probably a pre-rec and someone <gasps> leaked it. someone in-house leaked it oh, it's fairly Anna. damning stuff I mean, like.
1: awful what they said yeah. but an awful thing to do to leak it I, mean, I
2: know oh, whoever someone's in trouble anyway internally I would say I'm just trying to get some details here is there a
1: murder over it
2: murder it's gone vital as they say <laughs> on the line so um, yeah, yeah I'd say I, there could be people fired I don't know I mean they're just having a kind of shoot in the breeze chant, like. chan-
1: I mean yeah <laughs> I mean, they, they called him an a-hole and effing this and effing that and she says she didn't believe him that he never had Covid in the first place but like there's a bit of banter going on I understand all of that and much of it they shouldn't have engaged in but to leak it then makes it an even worse in a completely different way, doesn't I
2: it? know, and especially when there's a visual and audio. So there they are in their glad rags chatting away. Oh God, Messing with their microphone mic and
1: trying and to and get his <laughs> earpiece in and everything. <sighs> like.
2: oh, and then, of course, the cynic and me would wonder... Did they do it intentionally because of all the publicity? That's they're now getting for thing. Channel 7
1: yeah. News. Is it a setup? Is it a TikTok thing? Oh God. <laughs> I oh, my God. It's an interesting uh, me, story.
2: Th- it's the gift that keeps on giving, isn't he?
1: It's very funny, actually, because you know the way with live mics and what have you heard that Phil Burke got caught with a big um, uh, Cully and Sully soup belch on the air the <laughs> other day?
2: <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've gotten caught for a couple of days. Yeah, before. yeah, we won't go there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> live mics and all that. <laughs> anyway, I'm out of time. We'll pick it up in the morning. And uh, we've had two competition winners again this morning. 150 euro voucher each for Debbie Ryan and Toker. And is it Venia Donovan? Lovely name. Not quite sure where you are, but there's one for you as well. Uh, Pick it up in the morning, guys. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow.
2: Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast.
5: Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.